worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Uh, let's get after it on this uh, clear but crisp Monday afternoon at the quarter 12 the Rose in downtown Regina, Canada's Queen City. And uh, we're happy you're listening. Wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We can be heard, and you know that already. 620 CKRM on the AM dial. Our app. Check out everything at 620CKRM.com. I'm Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisinger. Busy show once again today. We're going to hear from the Ryder Special Teams coach, Kent Majuri, stepping in for Craig Dickinson. Give Craig a little bit of a break here before things fire up towards training camp. So we'll have a series of coaches on the Craig Dickinson show. But uh, today we've got uh, Kent Majuri. We're going to hear from Mike Hogan, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts. Gene Principe from Sportsnet. I think he's the best uh, host for uh, any sports broadcast right now on TV. Okay. Yeah, he, he's good. He'd Thank have a you. tough time finding a guy better. He'll join us live from Buffalo as the Oilers try to get back in the win column after losing that 1985 kind of game with the Winnipeg Jets. We'll go back and talk about uh, the Pats weekend, including some stupidity from the Pats weekend that needs to be addressed. Uh, what else do we got on the show? Oh, uh, Jolie Welburn, track star for the U of R, taking part in the national event going down in Saskatoon. Coming up, I believe it's this weekend. And we'll also hear from Dave Taylor, who is the um, coach of the year in Can West uh, with the with the uh, women's basketball team. Real, uh, real good uh, coach. Okay, so Zinger, let's get to this, okay? Kick it off. For another pick six with Ballsy and friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. Derek Carr ends up in the bayou. Number one in the pick six quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. It's a, it's a four year deal, 150 million bucks, 100 guaranteed. But laugh if you will, dude's still a top quarterback yeah, in the but league. He said he wanted to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Come on. That's true. He's not winning there. But he is. Like, I was trying to think about this. Let's quickly list the be- quarterbacks that are better than him. Oh, goodness. We'll be Patrick here all Mo- night. Patrick, oh, come <laughs> on now. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen jo- Hurst. Josh Burrow? No, sorry. Jo- Josh, <laughs> Joe Burrow, Josh. I'm off the great start. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's six. Uh Lamar Jackson. Lamar, uh, I don't know. No. He's I, a good, I, I like Carr better. I, I take Carr over Jackson. Um, yeah. Is Stafford better than Carr? 
when he's healthy? Yeah, probably. Probably. So that's seven. Um, trying to think who else. Who else in the worldwide uh, well, well, of quarterbacks? Let's go through the Russell Wilson. Better? No, not now. He's cooked. Wait, is that one bad year or no? He's cooked. Uh, I don't. I'm not a I'd still go him. with Russell Wilson because I think he'll have a bounce back year. So I'll say eight. Is Dak Prescott better than Derek Carr? You could argue that there. Let's put it this way: you could argue that there might be ten starting quarterbacks, maybe that are better than Derek. Carr. Maybe so. He's right there. He's on the periphery of the top ten. Yeah, and he never had a great defense. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes down. But he is going to the New Orleans Saints. Number two on the pick six zinger, uh, running back. Uh, Tony Pollard get franchise tag from the Dallas Cowboys, so he'll earn ten point one million dollars. Is that it for Zeke Elliott? You, well, if you're gonna pay a running back that much, I don't think you could pay two running. No, back. he'll stay if he takes a big pay cut. Do you think he takes a big pay cut and stays there? Uh, I think he goes elsewhere. Yeah, I do. He's be- done. I do because of this. The Titans are shopping Derrick Henry around. That's number three on the pick six. Big Derrick Henry, the guy that was basically 70% of their offense the last couple of years being shopped around. Mm, That's why players should get the most money they can. Because you are gone today, here today, gone tomorrow. And uh, Leonard Fournette as well, I think, yeah. is going to be on yeah. the market. Yeah. So. so maybe Zeke's just... Uh, you know, well and good to stay in Dallas, you know, the devil you know, and just take a pay cut. I don't know. Maybe Jerry can slip some money under the table. By the way, staying with number three in the pick six, the Titans are going to wear at least once a throwback Houston Oilers uni. It's about time. It's about damn I time, I love that man. uni, don't you? No, it's a beautiful uni. Kidding me? Yeah. Number four in the pick six. Uh, take a look at the Briar in London, Ontario. And we're looking at the afternoon scores. And we're seeing right now that Canada and Quebec are tied at five in the seventh end. Also in the seventh end, Newfoundland and Labrador uh, trailing Northern Ontario three to two. Wild card one. That's our buddy Ben Hebert, the Saskatchewan curling god. He's the lead for Botcher's team. They are undefeated right now. They're seven three leaders over BC in the 8th. In the 7th, Manitoba. Skipped by Saskatchewan boy Matt Dunstone. 7-4 over Northwest Territories. That's so goofy how you could be from Saskatchewan and just represent other... Like, I well, don't, Jennifer Jones... I know, I don't agree with it either. I know, Jennifer I, I Jones know, lives in Ontario and she can play for Manitoba. What's I don't the, get that. What's the point no. in, call, what's the point in calling yeah. them uh, provinces? I think it's garbage. Like, what is that? I it agree. makes no sense. I agree. They should just go by their last names. Yeah. That's, I 100% agree with that. Let's look at the... Uh, quote-unquote standings, now that we said that. Uh, Kevin Cooey of Alberta is 4-0 to lead Pool A. Wild card 2, Reed Carruthers is 2-2, two and two, and Northern Ontario Horgan is 2-1. and one. I can't get over this quite yet. It's like it's like the equivalent to being a Canadian and playing for the United States of America. Yeah. Uh, Knapp from Saskatchewan, skipping his first to Briar for Saskatchewan. Kelly Knapp, and he is 1-2 and two so far. And then on the uh, Pool, uh, pool B side, Botcher Wild Card Team One is three and zero. Gushu Canada is two and one. McEwen from Ontario is uh, two and two. He's played four games. Quebec comes in next at uh, Oslin at two and one, and uh, then a bunch of other teams there. So uh, we will keep our eye on that uh, as we do like our curling around here. The Tim Hortons Briar. That's number four on the pick six. Number five on the pick six. Jose Bautista. Goes on to the Jays' level of excellence at the Rogers Center, August 12th, I believe. My question to you, Sean Kleisinger, Blue Jays fan, I am not. 
I don't hate them. I don't like them. They're just a team to me. Is he a top five Blue Jays player? Of all time? Of all time. Oh, yeah. Is he? Yep. Oh, yeah. Where would you put him? I would put him, let's see here. Uh, I would put him, well, who comes to mind? I'm going to put Joe Carter. He has to be a top five. Joe Ooh. Carter has to be a top five for mm. show for uh, hitting that 1993 World Series walk-off against the Phillies. Uh, who else comes to mind? Well, Roy Halladay, mm-hmm. I think, would be top five. Uh, Jose Here's Bautista. my top five. Here's my top five. I got... Holiday, Doc Holiday at one with a bullet. Doc Ooh. Holiday. I've got Dave Steeb. Uh, he was a he was a, a big time pitcher before uh, you were even born, I think. Uh, Dave Steeb at number two. I got Carlos Delgado at three. Ooh, he's man. My, he's the third. He Blue hit Jay. four homers in one game. Yeah. Once I got uh, catch the taste. Roberto Alomar at four, mm-hmm. and at number five, I've got Jose Bautista because Jose Bautista was the face of Blue Jays baseball being reinvigorated in Toronto after all those years where after Joe Carter hit the homer, they never really tasted much success. After that, and he is the guy. He's the face of it, you yeah. know. Along yeah. with uh, you know Donaldson and a few other guys. So, yeah, for so, sure, he's top five man. Yeah, so he is a top five. I agree. Um, and this is the number six on the pick six. I saw this story. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and former league MVP Terry Bradshaw needed elbow surgery forty years ago on this day. Okay, surgery was a last ditch attempt to save his Hall of Fame career. Ultimately, he would play only one more game before hanging up his cleats for good. He walked into a Louisiana hospital, and this is what he said: "Quote." I walked into the hospital exhausted. The doctors uh, would let me eat or drink for 24 hours. They took me to the emergency room, pulled down my pants, gave me a pre-op shot. Boom, that was it. When I woke up after the operation, a doctor came into the room and told me they had used an alias so I'd be able to rest without being bothered. Do you know what his name was? What was his alias name? So this was 40 years ago, so this would have been 1983. What was the what was the name that the doctor picked just as a wild alias? Dan Marino. Tom Brady. No way. That was Terry Bradshaw's name. Tom Brady. Now Brady was born, but he wasn't the goat yet. He was still in kinder kindergarten in San Francisco. That's a wild story. That is wild, man. Um, Sounds made up. Uh Jeff Bezos may bid on the Washington Commanders. Um I thought he wasn't allowed. No, they're they're talking like he might. No, no, no. It's not that he wasn't allowed. He owns the Washington Post, which has written many favor unfavorable columns towards Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team. So it's like Daniel doesn't want to sell to him. Mm. Uh now if Bezos gets the team, you're not ex- uh, expected to see many changes except for instead of using pads, they'll just use bubble wrap. <laughs> That's what they'll do. Uh an economist believes that the Saudi-backed Live Golf Tournament will fail. Uh, nothing to lose your head over unless uh, you work there and it's your fault. Uh, that's thing. That's thing still happening. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things still happening, yeah. is the XFL still happening? Have I tried to like get it into a game? There's Did, not, it's not even on TV didn't, anymore. Didn't watch. It. I think it's. I think it's folded. Didn't watch. It. Hey, speaking it's of done. Speaking of Brady, uh, it was bogus that he was going to go on a stand-up tour. But this is true. TMZ say, uh, saying he's in talks with Netflix to be the subject of a roast. Tentatively titled "The Greatest Roast of All Time," so there you go. So um, he's 
trying to be a comedian now? No, he doesn't want to be. He's going to be roasted. You know, like oh, I see. Okay. Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson. And Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers have some type of beef going on right now or something. I saw that on Twitter. I don't know the details about it, so don't ask me about oh, it. That's because what's his name? Kimmel's a left-wing snowflake. Oh, I see. And Rodgers is a free thinker. Whether yeah. you like him or not, Rodgers does whatever he wants. Yeah, so Kimmel was yeah. kind of like butthurt yeah. that uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of threw him under the bus on the Pat McAfee show. I think he like insinuated yeah. that he was... Uh, a part of something, something, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calling him an anti-vaxxer yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. Um, so he does say he's not going to the Raiders. He, the Raiders are not the team he wants to play for. He doesn't want to play for the Raiders. So saying so probably the Packers or the Jets. We're going to know by next Wednesday is the start of the new league dude, year. If he, dude, if he wants to play, listen, check this out. I, not like Aaron Rodgers needs my help. But if Aaron Rodgers truly wants to win a championship and truly wants to be continue his legacy. He needs to stay with Green Bay, play for only one team, and honestly, honestly, so Derek Carr is now in the NFC, okay? Derek Carr's the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I could think of Jalen Hurts. Think of another quarterback with Brady out that's a real contender in the NFC. Off the top of your head. I can't think of anybody. Goff in Detroit. Fields isn't that good in Chicago. Stafford Uh, when he's Stafford's old. No, I'm serious. Yeah, man. If Rodgers Rogers wants to go to the AFC and face Mahomes, the best quarterback, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Do you think like his four? How foolish would that be if you go like the one team that people are saying if he's not going to play on Green Bay, he's going to be a New York Jet. Well, imagine if he goes to the Jets. What quarterbacks is he going to be? He's got to stay. He's going to be Bay. going against Josh Allen twice. That's a year. what I mean. He's got to stay in Green Bay, and he will stay in Green Bay. When we come back, we'll talk about the Pats weekend and something stupid that's going around. This is the Sports Cage for Andrew Shared Limited on six twenty CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Mogul, the high spot for Aremba, left side, a shot, he scores! Welcome back to the Sports Cage on this Monday. The show is brought to you by Andrew Sherrod Limited. Well, the Regina Pats had a great weekend. First time in 20 games they beat the Winnipeg Ice 5-3, rallying from 3-0 down on Friday. They fell behind the Red Deer Rebels 3-1, battled back, tied the game in the third, and then won in overtime at a goal by Alexander Suzdalev. Well, on Sunday, they found their uh, six-game winning streak on the line against the Blades and came up short a 5-2 loss to Saskatoon. Sam Maremba had a goal in a losing cause in that game, and he joined Dante DiCaria after the contest. Yeah, it means a lot to us, obviously. Uh, four of six points and uh, against some really good teams means means a lot. So uh, just showing that we can play against those guys and give them a run for their money is uh, big, big for our group, and we'll keep building off that and uh, continue on Wednesday. I mean, just talk about your goal, Sam, in the second period, which got you guys to lead, but eventually you guys did allow four unanswered goals right after that, which is just a lot of momentum when you got the leading goal in the second period from you? Yeah, I think obviously we built off it a little bit, but our third period wasn't good enough for a, a full 60 minutes against a team like that. So uh, we gotta we got to play a full 60 and, and string it together where uh, we were missing 20 there. And were you happy with, I guess, how you were able to score your ninth of the season? And obviously, huge credit to Stanislas Fulzel. He's He's been absolutely un- outstanding with the passes he's made, but for you to get that goal has got to feel pretty good, no? Yeah, Lots of credit to him. He just put it right on my stick, and uh, all I had to do was kind of put it in the back of the net. So 
Uh, it feels good, that's for sure. One that's a little bit further out from the net, but they'll uh, count the same and we'll take it. And Ken Schneider said that you're really coming on as of late for this Pats team. In fact, you've picked up a total of 10 points over your last 14 games. That's since uh, the end of January in which you guys lost 6-5 in Red Deer. That was when you scored that backhand goal from the left circle. Do you really think that you have turned the corner ever since that date? Obviously, the numbers kind of speak for themselves, right? Yeah, I think I've stepped up quite a bit. Uh, I think I've built my game a lot since, like you said, in January. But uh, there's definitely lots to to build from from here on. Um, and we got to continue winning here. So uh, that's the biggest part right now for our team, and that's kind of all I'm worried about. With Sam Maremba of the Regina Pats following a 5-2 loss to the Saskatoon Blades, and obviously we don't want to dwell on the result because it's incredibly difficult to play three games in three nights, especially against really tough teams. But to look at this thing as just as a whole... Right, just to kind of sit back and think about it. You beat Winnipeg, you beat Red Deer, and you lose to Saskatoon. Again, you were in the game. You know, like this is, I guess, another example that this team can play with the big dogs in the Western Hockey League, right? Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, and like you said, it shows that we could play with any team in this league and we can give them a run for their money. We beat two of the top teams in the league here in the past two days, and we were 20 minutes short uh, today, and we had them. So uh, we'll uh, get ready for our next one. and. Uh, hopefully bring out a win and last thing before i let you go sam just overall just to maybe summarize things last six or seven games in which you guys have won six of the last seven what has stood out to you about the team's performance over that stretch yeah i think we're building as a team we're doing the little things right we're getting pucks in we're getting guys towards the net and those things is what uh takes your team far especially right now when when these games are tight and it's starting to become playoff hockey so those things uh win games for you and uh that's what we've been doing everybody stepped up and uh it's worked out well all right, so the Pats, uh, you know what, didn't look so good last night uh, in a 5-2 loss to the Blades. But it was three and three nights, and they took uh, four big points early. Like, they started the week, uh, the weekend with a big win over the Winnipeg Ice. It was their first time beating the Ice in 20 games since they moved from the Kootenays to Winnipeg. Uh, and that was a come-from-behind victory when they were down 3 nothing, and Bedard got four goals. Then the next night... Uh, didn't start off great again against a very good Red Deer Rebels team, but came back and won the game. Zinger, I'm calling the game on TV, and I am having what I, I'm I'm going to go home, Zinger, and I'm going to feel good about myself. Like, it's an 8 out of 10. You know when you've called the game, oh, you're yeah. like... I watched the first period, man, before I went to Cocaine Bear. Yeah, oh yeah? Yeah, so yeah. It, it yeah. was good. Yeah, so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about it. I'm thinking it's a great broadcast. So the puck is down. Well, I'll play the clip and then I'll, yeah, I, I butchered the. I I'm feeling real good till overtime when I butcher the call at the end. Here we go. Tory, he's got a goal tonight. His 59th. Looking for number 60. Going wide around set off. Puts it in front. For oh, he's <laughs> It's over. I hate to burst your bubble, but that's Alexander Kuzelov. Oh, yeah. So here's what happened. So. <laughs> So I Elliot Friedman that thing. Oh, remember when? Remember when Friedman screwed up Michael Phelps or went in the bubble? Uh, if Jim Houston and Elliot Friedman can screw up Michael Balkin on a local TV broadcast, remember when he called Kapanen's goal or Matthews' goal Kapanen's goal? Yeah, it happens even to the best of them, and I'm not the best of them. What happened was Bedard's got the puck and he's with Howe and he's waiting for Howe to catch up. And I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna like I called it. He goes wide and he's waiting, but Howe out of my peripheral vision sneaks. Sneaks off to the bench. Sues to left. Jumps on the ice from the uh, 
what would be the uh, defensive z- side of the bench into the offensive zone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Skipping a couple of la- uh, steps. So he's in position. So it's still a left-handed shot. It's just 91, not 43. I butcher the call. Thanks to Ryan McNally for stepping yeah, in. Yeah, you know that they say most car accidents happen at the tail end of road trips I because they, they think yeah, you're home free know, and it's time to relax. I, I wasn't joking. relaxing, though. <laughs> Listen, it, but it was a great game. Good effort by the Regina Pats. I want to say two things as I wrap up here. Number one, I don't know who's in charge of parking at the Brandt Center. I'm not cutting down the workers, but my God, I went to a season opening game in Lincoln, Nebraska, Nebraska Cornhuskers, UND Fighting Hawks football game, 87,000 plus. I was out of that stadium in 15 minutes. It took me 45 minutes to get out after the game. And that's after I meandered out after the game, like 15 minutes. So in total, it took me an hour to get out at the Brand Center. That's an embarrassment, and somebody needs to look into it. And a lot of people will stay away just because of that. I know you'll say first world problem, but it's unacceptable. Hey, we just got to get a new arena, downtown yeah. Regina. Uh, or with lots of pocket yeah. around. And lastly... There's a solution. There's a video going around where somebody says, oh, look at Connor Bedard. He's oh, such man. an a-hole. He's a racist a-hole. He's walking by these fans, and and, and they're holding out their um, their their hand to yeah, their fist, 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 fist pumps. Pump and I, I guess, I didn't really look at it too closely, but I'm assuming uh, indigenous person does it or something like that to, to look for a fist bump. And Bedard lifts his left hand up, which is the closest hand to the people, with his stick high in the air to walk by. It's not because he's an a-hole, and it's not because he's racist. It's because, like many hockey players, he's superstitious, and he doesn't fist bump anybody. Mm-hmm. Only him and the trainer is allowed to touch his gloves, I believe. Yeah, so... Before a game. Would we just stop it with this stupidity? When you go out and claim racism like this, you're going against... You're, you're, you're defeating the purpose of complaining about racism. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, now you're going to diminish when there's actually racism. The kid isn't a racist. Did he only sign white people's things when they came for signings? Does he only talk to white reporters? The guy's not racist. Cool it. Cool it. Embarrassing. It's 3.32 with the sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. I'm looking at the NHL schedule tonight. We got the San Jose Sharks in Winnipeg, in Winnipeg bleh, taking on the Jets. Edmonton in Buffalo taking on the Sabres. Calgary in Dallas. Ottawa in Chicago taking on the Blackhawks. Vancouver hosts the Nashville Predators. And the LA Kings home on the West Coast to the Washington Capitals. Each week, the Sports Cage highlights a coach making a difference both on and off the playing surface. This is the Coach of the Week. All right, time now for our Coach of the Week, and we head to the U of R with the women's basketball team. And Dave Taylor, for the second time in his career, has been named Can West Coach of the Year. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Thank you very much. No, it was a nice award, as I've told some people. It was voted on by the other coaches in the conference so it's always meaningful when it's voted on by your peers for sure and 
You're in a small market school. I've said this about the Rams. I've said this about other U of R teams. I don't think we can say that enough. Like there are programs that uh, you can't offer at that school that would restrict what kind of athletes you get in there. So uh, I think it's even more, more important to point that out when a coach wins an award like this. Well, and I, th- I think, you know, we, I focus on our advantages here. We've got a great basketball community and anybody who was at our playoff games, you know, we had 1300 the first night and then we sold it out with 2000 the second night. It's, it's one of the great places to play basketball in the country for women's basketball. And we get such great support. So we really focus on that a lot. Dave, for my listeners, describe your style. Um, I, I think I'm probably a big pitcher guy. I'm very, my players would say I'm very analytical. I'm, I'm big into analytics with the numbers. I'm definitely rebounding. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a laid back competitive, so I'm pretty easy going, but in the, in the games, you know, nobody wants to win certainly more than I do. Do you become a leader or are you a leader? Um, I, I think what it is, and for me is with our program is I always say it's very player driven. And so we try and involve the players. It's a player program. And so, you know, I try and develop them as leaders. And then also, you know, obviously it's still my program. I say all the time, it's, it's their team, but it's my program. And so I have to protect the program, um, but they're in charge of the team. And, and ultimately an award like this, really, you know, it, it's a testament to the players that, I've ha- that I have. So with what you just said, Dave Taylor, what does it mean to be on the U of R women's basketball team? Do you have a motto? Is there a certain type of player or character you're looking for? Yeah, we just want somebody that, you know, one of the things we, we talk about is, is that just we've got a, a great history, but we also want somebody who just really embraces everything that we're about, the academics, the, the community, and then obviously being successful on the court. We want to excel in all those areas. So talk about uh, three players that were recognized this year. Jade Belmore, Karamiski, Madeline Tell. Three that I would assume follow that template. Oh, absolutely. Like Maddie Tell, you know, had the overcoming adversity and just what sports teaches you how, how to deal with a lot of stuff. And then Karamiski, same thing. She actually got injured late in the year. That was kind of what was our downfall. Was That was a major injury. But just the consummate point guard, um, just a great leader on and off the floor. And then Jade Belmore, I mean, what can you say? She's just special. People who, who haven't seen her play, you know, it's her second year, and she's, she's already one of the top players in Canada. So you are the all-time winningest coach in the uh, program's history, 25, uh, 252-78 record, and then 59-30 and 30 in the playoffs. It's kind of bittersweet, though, right? You had a great year. You've got some great players. Just quite couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, it's, you know, it's sport. It's the injuries, right? We were playing our playoff game without our starting backcourt. And so when, you, yeah. when you're down 40% of your starters, that's a tough one. And, and we're still pretty close. Like, we, we had a shot at it. Um, but obviously, you know, Karamiski, 15 points a game and leading the country in assists, that was obviously a big loss. But, you know, I, I think we've got a bright future with this group. And, and, yeah, it's disappointing always when we don't get to nationals. That's our goal every year. Uh, but we also understand this was some stuff that we couldn't really control necessarily. Dave, congratulations on a job well done. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We'll be talking more U of R Athletics with Jolie Welburn, track star. Uh, she's going to the Nationals in Saskatoon. Did well at the Can West meet, also in Saskatoon, uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, we'll hear from Gene Principe just after 4 o'clock as well. Mike Hogan, 
voice of the Toronto Argonauts joins us just after 4.30, actually 4.45. We're actually going to hear from uh, Greg Mayer, too, who's the new athletic therapist for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders leaving the Regina Pats. So he has oh, taken over the today? Rough Riders. Yes, today. Forgot to put him on your list. Sorry, Zinger. I'm really off today. I don't know why. Just not. Wow. You know what it was? I, I was a, I had a brain-dead day yesterday. I sat. Well, I did some housework and stuff. I literally sat and watched A&E yesterday, and I watched all like WWE programming. Like wow. Rivals, the new China biography. That's all why the, you're marbles yeah, today. Yeah, just, just a brain-dead. <laughs> that some, that like, stuff couple, will make you pretty dumb. Yeah, it's almost like taking a couple of chair shots. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, We got this text from Leonard. By the way, our text line is powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, the number one GM dealership in the province, located at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. That's my neck of the woods. Yeah, that's not far from your house, Zinger. Uh, You can't drive, but you can look at the pretty cars when you go by. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, By the way, I want to ask you this on the air. Does it you you were a driver initially before you were diagnosed with MS? You can't drive now because just with uh, the the nerves and everything in your legs. Uh, does it um, does it bother you? You can't drive? No. You, did you have an issue ever giving up driving? No. Does you don't mind relying on the bus or other people to give you a ride? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're just stewing there. Uh, anyway, I'm not making funny. I'm just I I wouldn't be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, what is this? What is this here? Huh? I couldn't no, hack. I couldn't hack it. it. I could. I will say this. I like your hair like that. Yeah, oh, thanks. The man. Luke Wilson look was not working for you. That was ugly. Huh? That was ugly. God. You look stupid. I look stupid. You did look stupid. I didn't want to tell you that, but you, you should have. Now man. that we're brothers, we're like we are. I'm like your more reputable. I had uncle. that hair. I had I had that hair down in L.A. too, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, kind God, of. God, I was looking say, stupid. Say, are you? Are you a? Uh, do you look at me as your reputable uncle or crazy uncle Carl that you see every four years at the family reunion? No, you're reputable. Uh, pull my finger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> get out of here. That's what you. Uncle Carl would do. Okay, we got some text here. This hey, is what I used to do. We had, we went to high school with a short kid. Yeah, and I would I'd always go up to him and be like, "Want to grab my finger?" <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Okay, so Leonard. I think that's bullying, though. Leonard sends in a text. It is bullying. It's bullying. <laughs> Leonard sends in a text. He said. Uh, we need a new swimming pool before a hockey arena, according to our mayor. I don't think we need a new hockey rink. I am one that doesn't care about a new hockey rink. I think the Brand Center is as good a hockey rink in the Western Hockey League as you will see. Yes, it could be a little tight around the concourse. If, if you were to do it again, the eating stuff should be on the outside, right? It should be wrapped around the outside. But other than that, I think it's a pretty good rink. I don't think we need to spend money on a new rink. Certainly not one that's... We need a new ballpark. We don't. We need a new ballpark and a new and a new pool. If they are going to build, what is this thing? A new a new pool? Like what? Well, why? Because we could host national events. That Lawson's a dump. Is it a dump? I it's an I absolute been dump. They've tried to put. They've tried to jazz it up. You know, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. And sorry, it's still ugly. So no, it's ugly. It needs to be revamped. But that's if pretty gonna, cute though. If lipstick gonna, on pig. If they're going to do it, Zinger. If they're, I don't want any cosmetics on my bacon. Listen. <laughs> If they're going to do it, Are though, you sure? if they're going to do it, they need to do like we do have in Yorkton, where they got the hockey rink attached to the Gallagher Center, where there's the pool, the wave park, and uh, and the hockey rink, where the Terriers play. That's mm. what they need. They need something like that, kind of a multi-per... Uh, I, I believe uh, the... Um, what's it called in uh, Estevan? Affinity Place? Yeah. Same thing. They got a water park 
and the and the great uh, rink. That's what we need. That's what they want to do for the new Regina Red Sox stadium. They want to build it connected to a soccer facility for a okay. potential. Well, I want. Canadian we need Premier that, League. and I'd rather see. I would rather see soccer, baseball than hockey. We don't need a hockey rink. We do not need another. We need other hockey rinks, maybe, but not another Brand Center. We got the Brand Center. Where are we going to get all this money from? Yeah, I don't get. I, it. I would just like to see it because I think it would be cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. fresh new shiny. I mean, but what do I know? Hey, by the way, Leonard sends in another one. It's a follow-up. How about John Jones and the UFC? I watched that. Yeah. It was about two minutes. Tapped him out. All that, waiting all night long to yeah. watch it, huh? And then he gets tapped out in the, a minute. I, I guess the, the, the women's match before that was a huge upset. My son said that was one of the biggest ones of all time. I'm not a huge UFC guy. I tuned in for John Jones because everybody says he's the greatest of all time. I will tell you this. I have to snicker. He gets up there and he thanks his fiance, who he was charged with domestic violence against. This guy had a hit and run on a pregnant woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good like, guy, huh? He's a loser. The guy's God. a loser. He's a loser. Like, let's not... That's glor- why I didn't pay any moolah to watch it. Yeah, him. let's not glorify it. The guy's a loser. He's a loser. I didn't and, watch it. And this from Dan Frolic. Dunstone, guys, was born in Manitoba. Okay. Okay, so... I was wrong, well, boys. Wait, wait, we're, we're, we're half wrong. <laughs> we're half wrong. So he was born in Manitoba, playing where he should right now, but he played all his time in Saskatchewan. So this whole time he was wearing a Saskatchewan crest and he was lying to us. He's not, he's not even purebred. He didn't even, even want to win. He wanted to throw it. Oh, so that's why he wasn't yes. winning, huh? Yes. Yo. He could have won. He had the talent to win. And he's like, I'm not going to win for these inbred Saskatchewanians. I'm from Manitoba. Okay, so what's the point in being provinces if you're not even no from point. the province? It should be, there is no what's point. What's the point? It should be just team what? names. And, and people's yeah. response would be it's because they play out of a certain arena in that province. And why, like, so and, what, man? And why, and why uh, in other Bond spiels and stuff. Do they go to eight ends, and now we got to go ten ends? They need to speed this thing up, like baseball. Baseball and curling need to speed their game up and get a younger, younger I'm demo. Just, I'm still. That's another topic, but I'm still unsure about the pitch clock. Really? Yeah, I'm still unsure Why? about it, man. Let's talk about it. I am unsure about it because I'm picturing like a postseason game when it's like you know a big time moment in a game, and just the anticipation before a big pitch. You know, yeah. they zoom up on the the pitcher's face. He has the ball behind his behind his back. Oh, somebody, somebody call back, call back, call, call back, back. Sorry, call back. but you know that just it's there will be no more anticipation now because of the pitch clock. It's going to kill the vibe of those big Zinger. moments. I didn't need to see Nomar Garcia Para adjust his elbow pads, his shin pads, and his jock strap fourteen times yeah, but every some, time. But, but sometimes it sometimes no. it could be a good thing, man. Perfect. Sometimes this is perfect. I want pitchers. I think arms. it's a bit too goofy, man. As soon as I get. As soon as they get the nope. ball, it's like right off the rubber you gotta, right away. You gotta like, speed it up. You gotta speed it up. I want pitchers' arms to fall off. Let's I go. Oh man, I don't like Let's it. Let's go. I saw Max Scherzer. Can you imagine? He was manipulating the the pitch clock. Did you see that? He was hanging on to the ball until the pitch clock would go all the way down to like four, three, yeah. two, and then the batter's like in the box, right? And he's getting all nervous, so the batter steps out, and then when the batter steps back in. He, not even a second later, Scherzer rips one down the pipe. It's sick. He's messing with players' it's minds good. I now. Like it. He, yeah, it's I pretty like sweet. It. We're I gonna like see it. more of that. See, now you like it. I like it, man. It's good. I talked myself into it. It's cool. I love the pitch clock. <laughs> That's Sean Kleisinger. Quick, tell me what I think. <laughs> 
Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, so I found this out on the weekend, Zinger. Ballsy with Sean Kleisinger. I found this out on the weekend. This is a true... The lady at the grocery store... So you know where you pile your groceries on the on the uh, conveyor. And I don't know if it's um, a Bahamas thing, but... You know, when you put the when you put the divider on the conveyor belt to separate your groceries from my groceries, you go east and west, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the width of the conveyor belt, mm-hmm. right? East and west. Yeah. She said, "No, you have to put it north and south, like a dash." You know what I mean? Like so north. So my groceries are here, and then you put it north and south, so like to, up and down. Is that to just give the groceries more room? Well, suppose, 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 and she's got a point. You and I are in the aisle, and my stuff's here, and my bag of chips are hanging over. Your bag of chips oh, are hanging the over. the chips are the culprit. Or the huh? peas or the bread. Is it my Is it my my bread, my chips, or okay. yours? Well, right? you don't know. Now, now you know. Now, I think it's kind of stupid. The person's there, they'd be able to tell you, no, those are my chips. Yeah. Right? No, nobody nobody does that, by the way. Okay? It well, goes, it might it have goes, been a Bahamas thing. I yeah. don't know. So they were telling me. So I don't know. I brought it back to Canada. Do with it what you will. Uh, speaking of divided, we live in a divided world. So the sports cage is going to try and bring everybody together, okay? Yeah, come Here on. are some little things that most of us get irrationally ticked off by, okay? Yeah, See, let's hear follow this. along. Okay. okay? Uh, when the motion sensor on paper towel dispensers don't work. Like when you wash your hands and you go to the, you know, the motion sensor ones and they don't work. I don't really care. You don't, I don't care? That don't phase me, doesn't make baby. you mad? Okay. No, that don't phase me. Uh, when, well, this wouldn't phase you either. On, wipe it on my shirt. Like, <laughs> come what on. What a grubby clown. <laughs> when people speed up when you signal a lane change. I saw this yesterday on Vic Avenue. Like you're, you're, the person signaling is, he wants to get over, but the other person speeds right up uh, and won't let him in. Me don't know that. I don't drive. Yeah, I know, but you're in a car. Yeah. Uh, I can see that one more so. Headphone cords getting snagged and yanking you. Plus, why do they always get tangled? Like, even if you put them back in your gym bag nicely, ready to go, if you don't have the earbuds, you got the cords. It's 2023. You wear a pair of Bluetooth already. I like the cord ones. Why would you Why would you choose the cord over a airless Bluetooth headset? You mean wireless, not airless. I mean, like, you know, yeah, say, I know the saying. cords aren't there, so it's just airless. There's, It's just air. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> How about people that don't pick up after their dogs? I hate that. Yeah, pick up the dung. And don't let them take a crap on my yard, even even in the wintertime. I know you're just crapping on the snow, but right away that it's snow will be gone. baby. No, but right, the away on the, right away the snow goes away here, and then I'll be picking up your dog craps. Um, How about these ones? I hate these ones. I see a lot of them. The social media pranks when people waste good food. Like when guys blow up eggs in microwaves for super blow. Who does that kind of stuff? That's not cool. By the way, that didn't work, did it? Kansas no. City won. It's it's we're gonna have to retire it now. No, come, no, 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 no. That's no, the first time. The thing is, I think it didn't work, so we gotta come up with a better idea now because we gotta ride the momentum of something that has a consecutive winning streak. We're not losers around here. We gotta find something new. Okay. Okay, that's just my thought. No, we'll do the Super Bowl again. Man. <laughs> I thought, and it was close. Actually, if you go back and look at that video somewhere where we have it, it was close. Like Kansas City was about, like Philadelphia was about to blow, and Kansas City blew. So it was pretty close because the game was yeah. in favor of the Eagles, and then they kind of 
They blew it in the end. Um, let's go back to uh, a couple things earlier in the show. First off, uh, we didn't really touch on this too much together. Dave Taylor, man, he's done a great job over there at the U of R with those uh, women's uh, Cougars basketball teams over the years. His 17th year, second time the Can West um, a coach of the year. The first time he won the Can West and CIS. And they almost won their semifinal game with the oh, backcourt out with the injuries. It seems like every single year they're in the running. You mm. know, that's, that's all you can ask for. For, uh, as a player, as a mm. fan, as a mm. coach, just mm. be in the mix every mm. single year. The teams that he's in charge of, mm. they're in the mix. Uh, That's Reg- what I like to hear. Regina, See. Regina Pats. Um, how do you feel about them going into the playoffs? Like, do you, do you, oh, I don't. I don't think they're going to do very good if they play the Saskatoon Blades for some. Blades reason. are good, eh? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't got a good vibe about that one, man. Uh, I want. I want the Rebels, but I don't. Like, we play way better. The Pats play way better against the Rebels, but if the season ended right now, they they'd be going up against yeah, Saskatoon Blades. That was a, that was a rope and dope game against the Rebels. They were outshot two to one. Rebels are a big, heavy team, and the Pats found a way to get it done. That Kelton Pine, both both times he's played the last two games, he has started slow, and as the game went on, he gave his goalie a chance or his uh, team a chance to win. Yeah, so biggest I don't know. biggest waste of money in the NHL. I know you're not a big NHL guy, but if you were to say like who's a big waste of money? Big waste of money in the National Hockey League? Yeah, oh, in terms man. of their contract. Uh, this is a no-brainer. It's got to be uh, Jack Campbell, goalie of the Oilers. Five hey, million, you don't like him. Every day five, I see a tweet about him. $5 million. He can't stop a beach ball. Like, listen, not all those goals, 7-5 lost to Winnipeg the other night, were his fault, but... You, you gotta be able to. I just remember the one game when you're on Jack Campbell's back, and then the Oilers ended up winning the. Oh, that, game. Did, that didn't age well, right? Yeah. yeah, this one didn't age well. Wow. Yeah, but you can't outscore your mistakes in the playoffs. That's the thing with the Pats too. They're gonna have to lock it down defensively. Hey, speaking of the Pats, let's go back to uh, let's go back to the game Saturday when I was uh, calling it on Access Now Sports. Thanks to them for having me out. Um, I actually. Uh, I love doing the games. Takes me back to my Estevan Bruin days. Mm-hmm. And actually, five years into my, um, four years into my existence here at Harvard Broadcasting, I had to call most of the Memorial Cup because Rod Peterson got uh, laryngitis and lost his voice. That was the year the Red Deer Rebels did win the Memorial Cup here, if you remember correctly, yeah. with uh, Colby Armstrong and the gang. Boyd and, Gordon. Boyd Gordon. Anyway, here is uh, here's my call of the overtime winner. Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats. Here we go. We got the puck. They got the puck at center ice. Their side of center. Okay, they just got it out of their zone just to set the scene for you. Tory, he's got a goal tonight. It's 59th. Looking for number 60. Going wide around set off. Puts it in front. For oh! He scores! Oh! So confident. It's over! <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, but that's Alexander Tuzelev. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so how was in the zone oh, no. back in the defensive zone. Bedard's waiting for reinforcements, as we like to say. He goes into the left corner, and as it as it is, I turn my head to watch all the way into the Red Deer zone. And uh, Howe goes sneakily to the bench, and Suzdalev hops at the other side of the bench, so he's in the offensive zone. Goalie with a wild poke check, but Suzdalev did a great job at scores the goal. But uh, I absolutely butchered. Like it, it's like you spent all day make. Oh, it smells so good in the kitchen. Oh, it's so good, and then you ended up burning dinner right at the end. Don't let it define you, baby. I saw the first period. You sounded pretty good. I could tell once in a while, like you would find that rhythm, and it was just like, you know, yeah, no, yeah, conducting an orchestra. That's right. So my question. 
it feels good when that happens. It does, huh? doesn't it? Yeah. And hockey's that way. Like you get in a very melodic, you know, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. The color guy doesn't even get the talk, which and you then, love. And then it's just the words weird. just keep yeah. flying through. And it's well, you like, got you got to you got to use different words, right? Yeah. Like you can't, and you got to do it on a fly. Like I love watching like Jack Michaels of the Oilers because he's like sift and bobble yeah. and. A, a miraculous glove save, stupendous, like he does all those type of things. So you got to use different words and yeah. it's really common, but then you butcher it at the end. So my question to the fine folks out there, either call us 936-6262, that's uh, our uh, local number to call, toll free 1-866-767-0620. Um, or you could text that number, your most embarrassing time. What's your most embarrassing time? Me? Like, that wasn't my most embarrassing moment. My most embarrassing moment did involve a Regina Pats game, though. I'll tell the story quickly. You think about yours, and I want the people to know this, so, or uh, to weigh in on this. So, I was doing color for a Pats game, and I... Oh, actually, I wasn't doing color. I just went to watch a game. And I pull up to the stadium, and I'm like, oh, I need to get gas. But uh, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll be fine. So, I... I get to the game, and it was about February, okay? I get to the game, whatever. I leave with about eight minutes left, and I'm running to the car. I'm not sick. I have no upset stomach. I'm running to the car, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how to put this. I ended up crapping my pants while oh, I ran to the car. So, so I get to the car. So I get to the car, and I, I don't have... This was before you could uh, do the tap at the pump, right? Yeah. So I'm driving around to these gas stations to find one at about 10 o'clock at night that isn't like populated because I am. I You're got, going through I'm, it. I got something in my pants. So I finally, and, and keep in mind, I'm almost on E. So I'm mm. almost on E. Almost on E yeah, with, 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 with Dong in his pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm driving, That's around, where we're at. I'm driving around on my right butt cheek because I don't want to sit in yeah, it, right? So, as you should. Anyway, uh, enjoy your coffee. So I, I finally get, I finally found a gas station. I waddled in, paid for it. Because you got to waddle, right? Dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, you stole my, thun you stole my thunder. That's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me. In kindergarten, I was too shy to ask to go. Kindergarten, I was 35. I know, you're, but I was a young man and I was too shy. I asked to go to the washroom, so I just went, man. I just went, and I was embarrassing. People were laughing at me, pointing their finger at me, and I just—it was the walk of shame out the front door. The well, classroom. What, there's one thing that you could say about this show after hearing those two stories: the sports cage is not full of crap. <laughs> 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And the show on this Monday brought to you by Andrew Sherrod Limited. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and speak with Gene Principe of Sportsnet. Thanks for taking my call, Gene. Hey, no problem. I'm always uh, hungry when I hear about the Western Pizza Hotline. I'm thinking that's the pizza to get. I know, I know you are. Well, hey, anytime you roll for, if I could send it and it would still be hot to Edmonton, I'd send uh, you some. We'll hook it up at some point. Okay, one of these, uh, one of these days when I'm coming through, I'll let you know in advance. You got my number. Uh, Gene, uh, I thought I was watching Dale Howardchuck against Wayne Gretzky the other night in terms of the score, seven, five, seven, five. Exciting for a media guy, exciting for a fan, not so much for the coaches. Yeah, I agree. It really did remind me of those days uh, when uh, the Jets and the Oilers, you know, the Oilers had a, maybe a more fierce 
rivalry against Calgary, but Winnipeg wasn't too far behind. And I know there's lots of people who are Jets fans, including my wife's family uh, who live in Winnipeg, that uh, some of the uh, you know older ones like me remember those days. And if Edmonton didn't have to go through, or Winnipeg didn't have to go through Edmonton so many times, uh, Dale Howardchuk, God bless him, the late Dale Howardchuk, might have made it to a Stanley Cup final or won a Stanley Cup, but it brought back some wonderful uh, 80s-like uh, memories, the way it was just so wide open uh, up to the third where both kind of uh, played more defense. But to that point, that was an unbelievably entertaining hockey game. You know, when you when the unexpected is, you know, happening over and over again, it makes for a wildly entertaining uh, night. Yeah, you got that right. I know the Oilers would love to see it a lot more tighter. Now, I don't know how much we can blame on Jack Campbell because it's everybody that shares in a win and a loss, but he's definitely struggling right now. Yeah, it's an interesting study of of Jack who uh, has come over and uh, had some challenges early in the season and then really found, and you know, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head, I think he won eight straight starts. Uh, at one point, um, and now it's gone back to where the team has uh, played loosely. Like, you know, I know we, we look at the goalies last because that's where the puck has to go to beat them, and they're the last person. But uh, it, it just has not it, – it's amazing in sports how teams can go through these different cycles. And right now, the Oilers are scoring a lot, but Jay Woodcroft, always says it and I use it on my uh, women's soccer team that my daughter's on is that even when you got Connor McDavid, who's just blowing through levels of points that we haven't seen in 25, 30 years. And you got Leon Dreisaitl who, who might be the most prolific power play uh, goal getter in history. If this continues, you still have to play defense and, and you can't always outscore uh, the opposition. So uh, Jack is not starting tonight in Buffalo. It will be uh, Stuart Skinner. So, he he took a, a, a brief break from game action and really worked on his game uh, for about 10 days or so earlier in the season, and it really helped him. And I'm not saying that they're going that route. We'll have to see how the next following games, who starts, but it, it might be something they'll try again. Uh, he's too good a goalie to, to have games like Saturday night. You, just, you know he's a better netminder. He's very hard on himself. Um, so I think it'll all come around here in the last few weeks of the season to give the Oilers two goalies that they really trust and believe in. Yeah, it's got to be a concern, though, going to the playoffs. you got a guy who's shaky right now and another guy who was an all-star but not playoff-proven, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, Stewart has... Listen, there's nothing like playing in the playoffs, no matter what level of sport you're in. Uh, Stewart has had success previously in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but, you know, never at the NHL level, of course, uh, made his way through the Western League and came through your city when he played for Swift Current and Lethbridge and uh, did well in the AHL as Bakersfield had some success. But for sure, uh, in the NHL, you, you know, it's, it's the best league in the world, the best hockey league in the world for a reason. So to have any kind of success, you, you know, Colorado was a bit different last year in that Darcy Kemper was hurt and they, they never had that that sort of con Smythe goalie results from their netminders, but they were always good. If they had to be great, they were great. If they didn't have to be great, that was okay, you know. So definitely for the Oilers to have success, but yeah, the netminder, if he's not the first star in a long playoff run, he's going to be in the top two or three. Gene, how far is Evander Kane away from coming back here? 
Well, he's on the trip. He is skating with the team. Uh, the, the, the early or more recent, I won't say early, but more recently, they kind of pinpointed Boston as a place for him uh, to make his return. So uh, it would be interesting to see if that's the case. He's suffering from what we believe is an upper body injury. And uh, for for him, uh, the way he plays, whether that's, uh, you know, ribs or shoulder or elbow or whatever, uh, might be ailing him. Uh, that, that's a bit problematic because of his style, but Vander's a tough guy, and uh, I, I know they're really looking forward to getting him back because he just provides elements that not only maybe no one on the Oilers provides, but there might be, you know, you can count on one hand the guys that do what Evander does on top of that with a heck of a lot of skill. So let's look for Boston on Thursday as his return date, and if not, then Saturday in Toronto is the next option. Boy, they got a, they got a row of uh, a row of games here, and uh, the playoffs are not locked. I mean, this is we've got we're having a record year from uh, Connor. We're having a record year from the Nuge, and uh, still yeah. things aren't uh, solidified. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's record career year for Nuge, career year uh, for Hyman, uh, Leon. I think by the time it's over, will be either at career highs or or really close in the 50-plus goal department. And, you know, I think his career high in points is 110. So he'll be he'll be there or above as well. And then Connor, in fact, uh, Michael mentioned by you, you know, if he gets a point tonight, he ties his career high. If he gets two, he breaks his career high. And yet the playoffs are not a lock. They, they have been playing well, but so have other teams. And there are some teams chasing them that have some games in hand. So that's the thing, you know, this week, if they win three in a row, they might be, if not in first, very close to it. But if it goes the opposite direction, I think they'd still be in a playoff spot, but teams are getting closer. So yeah, the pressure's on. We're in our final full month of the regular season. Uh, April 13th is their final game. So it's basically five weeks to, to solidify your spot, try and push as high as possible for home ice, and then see what happens. Two more quick questions for you, uh, Gene Principe. Number one, uh, we talked, uh, well, Barry, uh, you have to give up something to get something. So you send Tyson Barry, yep. who is quarterback in the power play out. But it looks like Bouchard has picked up nicely where uh, where he has gone uh, so far anyway. Yeah, I would agree with you. Tyson was wonderful. You know, I, I always felt like Tyson, Tyson was a bit... Uh, if, uh, not, I don't know if it's undervalued, underappreciated. Uh, you, you end up, w- when you're on a power play with those guys we just talked about, sometimes <laughs> the last person you look at is sort of the fifth person uh, when it comes to, you know, Connor, Leon, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and, and Zach Hyman. But he really made a big difference. Unbelievably well-liked uh, in the dressing room. So it was a, it was a kick in the backside for a lot of those players, but... Um, Matthias Ekholm is, is a really good defenseman with Stanley Cup playoff and final experience. And Evan, this is what life's all about, Michael. You know, one day, um, someone's going to say, Gene, it's been a great run, uh, but we got a kid, um, a lady, a man, a 25 year old, a 22 year old, a 30 year old who, who's really worked their way up and, and deserves the opportunity. And, and that's, a life is like that, and so is sports. And Evan has the ability to quarterback the power play, and has done a nice job. And uh, I, you know, he's a really great kid. I really like Evan. Uh, and you know, I'm, I, I was really sad to see Tyson go, but I'm happy to see Evan do well. Gene, you're not supposed to say that. As two aging broadcasters, we're not supposed to point to that. Gene, come on. 
That's okay. You know what? We can't hide anymore. We just keep doing what we wow. do. And we're we're going to be just fine. You're doing great. Yeah. I, the, the last intermission you did, uh, I texted you. That was one of some of your best work yeah. in a long time. Lastly, lastly, with that in mind, is it a goal of yours to make Stoffer laugh? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Bob, I mean, when he arrives at the panel, um, he he's ready to go and especially if the Oilers are not playing well, he's even more ready to go and, and ready to go on a, a, a rant or a panelist comment. And so, yeah, I always like, because Bob's real serious and Bob knows more about the organization than, well, uh, almost anybody. And I mean that from top to bottom. He's a really plugged in guy. And when he gets there, he's got a lot to say. and We want him to say it, but sometimes he's really serious. So uh, it's nice of him to be able to try and, you know, uh, have a laugh. And, and just, you know what, it is sports. As you know, Michael, with the work you do, right? We want to have a few laughs and, and have, some, have some fun. And so it's great working with people who bring different elements uh, to the broadcast and Bob brings a sort of a, a knowledge, a background and insider uh, connection with Edmonton that honestly, I don't think anybody else has. So it's a real treat to have him on the panel, throw in an ex broadcaster that sort of takes us on the ice and into the room and into those scenarios. And it, you know, it makes for a good combination. Yes, it does. And I enjoy watching it. Thanks for your time, Gene. Enjoy the game in Buffalo tonight. Thanks, Michael. Take care, buddy. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Look at Emmy, looking, waiting, found Teravine, and he scores! A power play goal from Tavo Teravinen. In Raleigh, a giveaway, an open net, they tap it home! Teravinen finishes it off, and it's 3 nothing. Gostas Bear closing in with a shot, knocked down, rebound, Teravinen has a hat trick! Oh, that was kind of an ugly one for the Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday. The Carolina Hurricanes beat them up six to nothing was the final score. Carolina's now 41, 12 and eight on the season. Pretty good hockey team and they beat a pretty good team yesterday in Tampa. But Tavo Teravinen, how about him? A hat trick for our sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner and Fent dealer. Give them a call at 781. 1077. With Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. Got this text at 936-6262. Our text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. Bill Seminuk says, I can't believe that someone else has noticed the parking at the Brandt Center. Absolutely no need to have facilities as big as that and put the white elephant mosaic in the same location of health and safety okay with it. Only one friggin' entrance and one friggin' exit. Then to have our so-called wise city planners wanting to build a facility downtown. Come on, people, stand up and give your brains some fresh air. <laughs> From Bill. Good text. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was trying to get out of the Brant Center. It was absolutely atrocious trying to get out of there. Hey, uh, the Can West Track and Field Championships went down about a week and a half or so ago. And uh, the U of R did a great job, including uh, Jolie Welburn who uh, collected a couple of medals, including a gold. She is going to try to replicate that this coming weekend as a... I believe it's this coming weekend. If not, it's next weekend, but it's right away here around the corner at the uh, National Championship, also in Saskatoon. So it's time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and catch up with her. 
All right, Jolie, you're going to be competing in the pentathlon, which consists of five different events, 60-meter hurdles, high jump shot, put long jump, and the 800-meter run. Which one do you like the most? Uh, I would say I probably like hurdles the most, um, but I also have done long jump for a really long time, so I would say that those two are kind of close runners for first. Least? Uh, probably shot put. Now, how do, how do the how does the order go there? Is there a certain order they go in? Yeah, so it goes um, it goes hurdles, and then it'll go straight into high jump, and then after high jump, it goes to shot put, and then long jump, and then the eight hundred. Nice. Um, we you know when did you realize? Hey, I want to try this and do all of these. Um, it was probably my first year of university. I was, I was just a jumper to start with. So I just did long jump and triple jump. Um, and then I kind of got thrown into hurdles, which was, uh, scary, but yet fun. And just from there, I kind of just took off and started training for all five. So yeah, it's been good so far. Yeah. You're coming off a Canada West meet in Saskatoon, which saw you get a gold medal in the long jump with a personal best of 6.16 meters. Take me through that. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty exciting because um, the last time I would have PB'd would have been last year um, at Nationals. So, yeah, that was pretty special. I mean, the week before I had some troubles just getting my foot on the board in practice. So going in, I felt like they I kind of was faced with a lot of challenges, but um, I overcame them. And, you know, what, the energy was good at that meet. So I'm just happy that I was able to execute and get some points for the team. Now, I think 16 U of R athletes in total are going to be competing at the national event, which is also in Saskatoon. How much does it help that it's that close to home for fan support and that you're right back where you were competing in the Can West? Yeah, it's so nice. I mean, it's close to home so everybody can come and watch. Um, so that's always nice having all that support. And not everybody is always able to travel to nationals, like team-wise, so it'll be nice to have all of our teammates there to cheer us on. You got confidence in the fact that you're number two ranked in the pentathlon uh, nationally. Uh, I, I know rankings are their rankings are what they are, but does that give you confidence going into this event? Yeah, yeah, it does, and it you know it pushes me a little bit too because I know that I've got some competition, so I think that it'll be a good competition. There's lots of girls that are you know, scoring high and they're doing very well in individual events. So yeah, it'll be a good competition this year. Do you get along good with the other competitors from other schools? Do you have kind of like a friendly competition or is there some trash talking going on? No, it's pretty friendly. I mean, we're going through the same kind of, uh, the same process and you know what, it's not easy and it's hard to train for. So I think we can just relate on, you know, that level of, you know, this is hard and we've made it this far. So yeah, I would say it's pretty friendly. <laughs> Jolie Wellburn lists her hometown as Big Beaver, Saskatchewan. By the way, we both got to admit, Saskatchewan has the best town names, right? You got Big Beaver, you got Climax, you got Eyebrow, you got Siemens, you got Turtleford. I mean, there's so many great names. You know what? Yeah, and it makes us stand out to us Saskatchewanians. Okay, so you're you listed as Big Beaver, but you grew up on a cattle farm between Big Beaver and Bengoff. How did you decide, in general, on track and field? Um, so throughout high school, I kind of, I did both volleyball and track and field pretty seriously. Um, they're very different. One's a team sport and one's individual. And I just kind of stuck with track and I don't know, I wanted to do better in my personal events. So I just, I stuck with it and I ended up choosing, um, choosing track when I went into university. So, yeah. So you're a multi, uh, event athlete as it relates to track and field, but you were pretty good at volleyball too. Did you ever think about maybe being a, a two-sport athlete? Is that possible at the university level? 
Uh, I think that would be pretty challenging. I mean, just managing school with just track and training for five events is pretty tough. So that would be certainly really, really cool. But um, I'm I'm too late in my career to even think about that now. How old are you? I'm 20, turning 24. Oh my God, 24. That's just <laughs> terrible. Hey, so talk about that because that's a key. Student, athlete, what are you taking in school? I'm majoring in chemistry right now. All right. And so what do you want to do with that uh, nice uh, chemistry degree? You know, I'm not sure. I, I'm at that point in, in my academic career where I'm just trying to figure that out. So hopefully I can finish this degree and then possibly apply into some pre-professional programs. Not going to lie to you. I tell jokes and broadcast sports for a living, okay? So I'm not in the same uh, same train of thinking as you, but I hated <laughs> chemistry in high school. I can't imagine how hard it is to juggle your training for all those events and uh, study chemistry. Tell me about the challenges there. Time management is definitely a challenge there. I mean, I've I've gotten used to it now, but I've been doing it for four or five years. So, yeah, it's just time management and making sure that you're you're balancing everything in your life and just with tracks. So, yeah, it's been it's been definitely challenging, but it's it's definitely worth it. I was a I was a hockey and football player. My kid is a football player right now down south. Played hockey. My daughter was a dancer, a dancer, and into yoga. But you're trying all these uh, events. What does a training day look like you or a training week? Do you break it up? How does it look for you? Uh, yeah, so right now I'm training about five days a week. So I have Sundays off and usually Wednesday is a light day. So, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are pretty heavy. Um, each day usually focuses on um, one or two events that are usually kind of in order of the pent. So, you know, on Monday I would do hurdles and um, high jump. So, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely busy, but um, the way that you manage it and the way that you're able to listen to your body and just adapt to, you know, the the weekends and you know the work weeks. It's it just it really works out, and it's it's like I said, it's worth it in the end. So, Jolie, would coaching track and field ever be in your future? Definitely. As I come closer to the end of my career, I definitely do think about that lots. And being on the team is so special, and traveling on the weekends, you just it really is so rewarding. You make so many different relationships, not just within our university, but within the entire sport and across Canada. So that's something that I would definitely be interested in. Well, congratulations on your Canada West performance, Jolie Welburn, and good luck in the Nationals. Thank you so much. 433 with the sports ticker. The Western Hockey League announced today that Regina Pats defenseman Stanislav Zvozel has been named the WHL Player of the Week for the week ending March 5th. So big congrats to Susie. As, uh, or Susie's is Suze the Live, actually. I don't think uh, Susie is Zvozel's nickname. Anyhow, big congrats to Zvozel for the Player of the Week. Svoozy. There we go. Svoozy. Uh, Tim Horton's Briar tonight. We're getting set for draw number nine at six o'clock. Team Kelly Knapp of Saskatchewan, they're sitting at 1-2 and two right now, taking on Nunavut tonight, who is uh, sitting at 1-3. and three. So once again, that's 6 p.m. Saskatchewan time. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. Monday CFL report and one Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver who is poised to have a big year this year is Mitchell Pickton. He was on track to have one last year, had that high ankle sprain, and then slowly came back after that. Here's Michael Ball with Mitch Pickton. 
last year. You had that nice uh, 28-yard touchdown in Edmonton. Uh, you had some pretty good plays. But then that high ankle sprain got you. T- talk about that and just how people hear, ah, it's an ankle sprain. But those things, it's almost better breaking your foot like Shaq did. Yeah, it was just uh, super unfortunate. You know, I felt like I got off to a good start. Uh, we were three games into the year. I had, felt like I was having some good, getting some good yardage, had a couple touchdowns. And felt like I was really kind of breaking out a little bit and then just bad luck and got rolled up on there against Ottawa at home. And next thing you know, it was eight, nine weeks on the shelf and, and couldn't go. So, yeah, it was just really unfortunate, but uh, something that was out of my control, obviously. And, uh, and yeah, something that I just had to deal with. But, yeah, it was, it was infor- unfortunate that that happened. Uh, Mitch Pickton sits behind Luke Molitor and I on the plane and the charter. So we're not being nice to you just because you sit behind us, but we're both uh, pretty high on Mitch Pickton. We're glad they uh, resigned you because of your versatility. Lots of people said, hey, this guy can just go in on any play in any position and know what he's doing. Has that always been your game, being the studious side? Have you learned to be more studious at the pro level? And how much do you hang your helmet, so to speak, on that attribute? Yeah, it's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, I truly, truly love like the, uh, the schematics of football, right, and understanding defenses and how we're trying to attack it. So I really try and understand the offense at a at a very high level to uh, to understand what we're doing, and then I guess that just allows me to uh, to know what's going on kind of at all positions on the field. So I found that it's it's really paying off for me. I mean, I started games at at all five receiver spots last year, and uh, it's just uh, the more you can do, uh, obviously, the more valuable you are, right? So. Yeah. That resulted in more more time on the field for me. You know, you're faster than the average man, so don't take this the wrong way, okay? <laughs> but it's not like you're lucky Whitehead. You can't run or Mario Alfred. You can't run yourself out of out of trouble. So I would think that the schematics, the spacing, how you run your routes, the technical side really helps you, uh, you know, in this game and stay in this game. Yeah, big time. I mean, there's a lot of fast guys in the league. Those DBs are all quick, so. Uh... You know, I'm not a 4-3 guy, so you got to get crafty out there if you want to get open and, and make plays. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, time to head back out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast. Western Pizza, the show is brought to you on this Monday by Andrew Sherrod Limited. And our guest now on the Western Pizza Hotline is the communications guru and play-by-play voice of the Argos, Mike Hogan. Mike, how are you, man? I am a guru, so I am okay. Yeah, so you are a guru. Did you guys get your did you guys get your gray cup rings yet or what? No, we had them sized a couple of weeks ago, and uh I think uh, they will be presented when everybody's in town at the beginning of training camp. Now, how much do you relish winning a Grey Cup when, you know, in your job, you hear from even from guys like me, what's wrong in Toronto? They can't draw fans, although you guys were better at the end of the year. You know what I mean? There's a lot of criticism hurled towards the organization's way, but you've won the most Grey Cups. Whenever you're in a Grey Cup, you win it. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it, this one is a little bit different for me personally because it's it, it, twice I was the play-by-play voice. Yeah, I worked for TSN Radio at the time. I wasn't working for the Argos, so mm-hmm. you know, it was great, but it wasn't the same as you know going into work every day and working you know ridiculous hours in the off season. Um, you know, this one felt different. So um, 
to win it in this market is great. Uh, I mean, you have to fight for attention. You know, the, the, we had the discussion a million different times yeah. about winning a Grey Cup helps. And one of the great things that our ticketing department, or ticketing department, Rob Richardson was behind this, who's been around with the Argos for about 20 years. Um, he took the Grey Cup to 109 season ticket holders. Um, you know, in, 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 you know, in honor of the 109th Grey Cup. Um, so, you know, some were family, small family things. Some people took it to the favorite watering hole. Others had big things at the office and it was fantastic. And it's stuff like that that we have to do to make sure that the Grey Cup is in the news, uh, in a market where it's leaf, 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 raptor, 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 now blue jay, blue jay, blue jay, blue jay, uh, TFC to a lesser degree. Uh, we got a lot of competition and, um, Anytime we can make some some noise, that's a good thing. And and obviously, winning the Grey Cup is helping us do that. Well, that's a great move, and I love hearing a story like that. Have you noticed any uh, extra interest, albeit small, big, whatever, after the Grey Cup win? Yeah, um, you know, more media turnout for some of the availabilities that we've had. Um, one outlet I won't mention that seems to be getting back in the game, where they seem to have been out for a couple of years at least, um, which is great news for us. Um, and yeah, just, you know, season tickets, uh, the renewals were we've already exceeded expectations, uh, you know, had a high goal and have passed that, uh, a lot of new season ticket sales. So, you know, we're still way behind the rest of the league in terms of season yeah. ticket sales, but it, you can't flip a switch and, and turn it around overnight. So the last couple of years have been really good strides. We still have, you know, a few months, we haven't even started our single game sales yet. So we'll, uh, uh, our, I, I will almost guarantee our attendance will go up again this year, yeah, which is w- great. And it was towards the end of the year. I thought it was, uh, yeah. it was really good in that East uh, final and everything like that. Um, so let's talk about some of the off season moves here. Mike Hogan, no McLeod, Bethel Thompson. I'm, I'm not sure that's a big shocker, but what do you think about Chad Kelly now getting the reins or at least the, the lead dog going into training camp? Yeah, he'll get the keys to the car at first and and see what he does with it. I, I'm sure, you know, we've got three quarterbacks in camp right now. Um, ben Holmes was on our practice roster all last year. He's, he shows some really good things. He's got a really nice arm. Um, probably one of those guys that's a little short for the NFL, but has all of the skill set to, to, to exceed up here. And, and you know, re- people didn't really talk about him a lot last year because Chad Kelly, you know, and, and McLeod Bethel-Thompson were getting so much of the spotlight. And then Brian Scott, we just signed a week or so ago. He was twice the MVP of the Spring League. Um, he was leading the, which league was it? The USFL in passing yards uh, and then got hurt. Um, so there's something there. We'll, we'll see what he can do in the bigger field and uh, give him another chance. So right now that's the three-headed monster, but uh, I don't think there's any question. Chad Kelly will be the number one guy. He showed some great flashes last year. Um Ran the short yardage to perfection last year, and you know threw a touchdown pass off short yardage in the, in the Eastern Final. Uh, obviously, best known, I guess, for cleaning up and, and taking over from Mac in the fourth quarter of the Grey Cup game when Bethel Thompson was injured, and you know led the team to a touchdown and you know, had that great scramble on second and fifteen to to move the sticks. These he's got all the skills. It's just you know having his brain catch up to the Canadian game. And, you know, he's really working hard. He's staying in Toronto in the offseason to work out so uh, and be close to the facility. He's putting the work in, and he's got the talent to do it. So I'm really excited to see what Chad Kelly can do under a full year. 
Mike Hogan, voice of the Argos and their communications guru, as I like to say, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Andrew Harris is back. I'm actually kind of shocked. I thought maybe he'd uh, call it a day after winning a Grey Cup, but uh, he was instrumental, I guess, as the story goes, of keeping that season kind of on the rails at times. Yeah, you know, he was really great when he got hurt because he didn't sulk and, you know, go on the sideline and and be that guy. Uh, He was really, really showing what he could do as a coach in his next career. Um, he was that extra set of eyes. He was really, um, I think, instrumental in getting A.J. Lett in a, in a good spot to succeed, which he did. And when Andrew came back for the Eastern Final, I mean, the two of them together was just a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, it's 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 going to be uh, not by committee. I think A.J. will be the number one running back this year with Andrew coming in as a, a, certainly a more than capable sub. But Boy, if AJ goes down, you've got Harris there, and you can turn the position into a, a Canadian spot then because uh, Dan Adaboboye showed some pretty good flashes last year as a rookie uh, Canadian from Toronto. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Andrew go. It, one of the things that I didn't realize, because when, when you do the play-by-play here up in the booth, I went into the locker room at halftime of the Grey Cup, and there were three guys being very vocal, and Andrew was one of them, like front and center. He is a leader on this team, so... Um, you know, that bringing that element back. And one of the other guys was Mac. And with him gone, I'm sure Chad will step up in that role as well. But Andrew Harris is a leader on the field and in the room as well. And that was very evident uh, in your town last year in the Grey Cup. Very solid linebacking core after free agency too, uh, Mike Hogan. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, the rich got richer. Um, you know, I, di- I didn't think that Jordan will. When, when Vince Magri phoned me to tell me that we had acquired Jordan Williams, I didn't believe him. Um, you know, first overall pick in the, in the draft a couple of years ago, wanted to come East for business purposes. Uh, he's a trader and, uh, being close to Toronto was, is great for him. And uh, he wanted to be in the Eastern time zone. His, his home base is in Washington, DC. So it had nothing to do with the lions. It, he wasn't that guy who held out. It wasn't, you know, he can't play. He asked for a move and the lions accommodated him. They got, uh, they got the Argos first round pick for that, uh, that, so he'll be one of the guys in the middle uh, with Enoch Mwamba. Williams can also play the, the Will spot where Winton McManus is back. And I thought Winton McManus was as good as any player in the league last year when he was healthy. He was he was just so good at that position. And Darius Pickett comes over to play the Sam spot. So, you know, Chris Edwards brought that, uh, that edge, and Darius Pickett is doing it. Uh, we'll do it this year. A little bit younger, probably a little bit quicker, and uh, just as physical. So with McManus, Williams, Pickett, and Mwamba in, in some sort of rotation in there, uh, that ain't bad. No, not at all. And lastly, uh, you know, I, I say we need to stop comparing the NFL to the CFL. Two different games, but I do have to bring this up. You look at the way our Grey Cup ended with uh, your team getting, you know, it takes what it takes. It takes you a whole year to see two block field goals, let alone two at, yeah. at the end of a Grey Cup game. Uh, and everything your team overcame with the injuries and, and penalties and untimely penalties to uh, win that game. And then you go to the NFL Super Bowl, uh, three kneel downs and a short chip shot field goal like it just it just shows you if you really pay attention we have a real good game here in Canada I I love both games and uh, I'm a diehard longtime lifelong Eagles fan so thanks for bringing that game <laughs> up. Um, but um, yeah it was you know uh, I maintain and I will say this loudly as somebody who loves both leagues loves you sports loves the NCAA I'll go and watch a good high school game if it entertains me and most of them do find me a rule a rule 
where the American equivalent is more fan friendly than the Canadian counterpart. I'll wait. Yeah, there is like one. do you, do 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 you like kickoffs not being returned? Do you like the fair catch? Do you like the non motion, the smaller field, the uh, the smaller end zone, so it reduces what you can do in the playbook. Do you like four kneel downs with two minutes left to end a game where you could get three different possessions up here in the CFL? I there's just not I I can't think of one. I've been asking for years and nobody's come up with one yet. You can argue three versus four downs. Okay, I'll hear that argument, but that's not necessarily a rule. That's a philosophy. Uh, but if you take that argument out of it, take all of the other rules in. Tell me an American rule that is more fan friendly than its Canadian counterpart, and I'll wait. And we've got great broadcasters in this league, too, like that guy, Mike Hogan. Thanks for your time, Mike. I appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. Stay well. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger back in the Sports Cage. The show is brought to you by Andrew Sherrod Limited, providing HVAC, Plumbing and irrigation supplies since 1892. AndrewShare.com is where you get a hold of them. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Let's head out in that hotline and speak to our buddy Greg Mayer. He is the uh, longtime, was the longtime athletic therapist for the Regina Pats. Before that, with the Moose Jaw Warriors, he's staying in the local sporting scene with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Welcome to the show, Greg. How you doing, Ballsy? Good, man. So, uh, <laughs> you're probably enjoying the uh, the fact you'll be chartering now and not riding the iron lung, as we like to say. Uh, that would be the understatement of the century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tw- 20, well, including when I started in, in university in junior B. So, I mean, that's 29 years on a bus. So, I think I've... Uh, I think I've earned a couple flights. Oh my gosh, you've earned more than a couple of flights. Is this a job where, like, when you looked at it, I know it's a good opportunity to go professionals, try something else after a long time. But do you look at the landscape and say to yourself, I'm kind of aging out with these younger guys? Like, you look, you and I had a conversation in the hall there before one of the games. Like, I, I could have been a rock DJ for maybe five or 10 more years, but after a while, you know, telling fart jokes at 60, you're kind of aging yourself out. You know what I mean? Uh, your, your job, your job a lot more uh important than mine but where you know where i'm going with that like you're you know what i mean you're hanging around teenage kids almost like okay it's time for me to to move up a little bit yeah in some ways yes in some ways no like um you know i still enjoyed working with the young guys and i think that was one of the biggest rewards of the job even you know the you know, again, thanks in the past for the uh, great tribute video. Mm-hmm. They've got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, ex-players and stuff that uh, could give their stuff. And that, that's what you really, you know, guys like Jordan Everly, Connor Hobbs. I mean, God, I heard from I heard from guys who were my first year in Moose Jaw 26 years ago reached out when they found I was moving on. So, you know, you kind of, it's fun because it, it does keep you young. You know, I've got two daughters now around the, the age of the players, so it does keep you young. But you're all right. Sometimes there is a little bit of a difference uh you know, when I was 27, starting out 26, 27, to you know a 20 year old, 21 year old at the end of the season player, and all of a sudden now it's you know you're in your early 50s, and it's a little bit of a difference. But uh, no, that was the, the main reason you you nailed the big the biggest thing was that that bus ride, you know, bus ride, long hours, and number mm-hmm. of games, and it was more that than anything. The players were still uh, 
for most days, we're pretty good to deal with. So, so Connor Bedard, where does he rank amongst the players you have seen uh, while a member of the Regina Pats? Because you listed just a couple there. You've seen a lot of good ones come through, not only on your team, but other teams. Well, you know, I don't know how honest you want me to be because I'm trying to get him drafted by the Canucks. So I really, deep down, I want him to fall so I can keep on playing. I tell you, he's a terrible kid. Don't pay attention to him. But, you know, all joking aside, but uh, he he's an unbelievable kid. It's um, his maturity. I, I don't know how he did You know, really ballsy people in town, they have no clue what this kid has gone through. The amount of appearances, the amount of things he does for the, for the young kids and always doing autographs um you know people our age chasing after him is people don't see it and he's handled like credit to his mom and dad mel and tom like they raised one heck of a kid he is as good as you see on the ice he's as quality off the ice well, I'm glad you said that because there's a video going around of him not uh, fist bumping somebody in line there, and it's it's superstition, right? Like the kid's a good dude. Well, I, I can I can now that I'm not with the Pats anymore, I can definitely shed uh, light on that, and I can I can see why someone would definitely get the wrong idea. But Connor is very very superstitious. He has his way, and he tapes his stick, and after that, nobody is allowed to touch it. Like. There's been guys on the team that have gotten in trouble. So all it was, I'm sure Connor coming through, he just, the game before, somebody grabbed his stick and he didn't score. And that's probably all it was. It was just unfortunately misinterpreted. Now, I've seen him. He gives his time to kids all the time. So there was no, you know, no intention on his part. I can vouch for that for sure. Awesome, man. Greg Mayer, longtime athletic therapist with the Pats, but he's staying in the same uh, parking lot basically because he's going over to Mosaic Stadium. Besides the, uh, besides the, you know, trading in the bus ride for the charter flights, what are you most looking forward to with the Rough Riders now in this role? Well, I think there's a lot of things. When I was, uh, you know, when Jeremy approached me in the job for the job there after you know the New Year's. You know, the challenge, I think sometimes you get, like anything, like you said, you nail yourself. You, you do get a little stale. We all get into our routines. And, you know, you know that, that challenge of me dealing with some with some different injuries. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to work with the riders in the, in the past in camp and had, uh, you know, my mentor, I have a good friend. I mean, if I could be a third of the athletic therapist he was, I'll be you know, I'll be fortunate. But, you know, that, that's a big thing. Um Going to different cities. Uh, see, I've never been to the Maritime, so I'm pumped to go out to, mm-hmm. to Halifax this year and play the Argonauts. Uh, the facility, um, as you know, the Brant Center is um, has a lot of character. Maybe the best <laughs> way to put it, and, and the facility there is uh, overdue. And you know, you go to that Ryder facility. I, I can't imagine there is a better facility in well, in Canada, but even north america the way you, you what you have to work with so it's kind of like a kid in the candy store right now yeah that's outstanding man um uh, how will you remember your pat days uh, you know just to wrap up there how will you uh, look back on your pat career Whew, that's a tough one god i mean they, they made it real tough i mean i gotta be I, I, they, it was it was not an easy decision as uh, my family family knows and i think some of them are listening right now so it, it was it was tough to leave because of the, the relationships. I mean, John Paddock, you are not going to meet a better person. And, you know, Curtis Hunt, another guy, is a close friend of mine. So, you know, those are those people that, you know, you got to deal with. Um, the biggest regrets, I think, was, you know, of course, like everybody, 2017, when we didn't, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bring home the championship. We were so close. We had such a good group of players and a good group of staff. And, 
you know, the last nine years since John has got there have been the best of my career anyways. I mean, but uh, it's going to be the people, really, at the end of the day. It's, it's the relationships I've formed, um, you know, the players that you've dealt with over the years that, you know, you see growing into young men. And most of them, they're not, they don't get to be pro hockey players. They're, you know, they're guys I know now are, are teachers, firemen, doctors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they, you go to the rink in, in Winnipeg this year, and I ran into a guy who was one of the Warriors my first couple of years. He's like 42 years old, and he's got two teenage kids as all. So those are kind of the, the neat thing, and those are the things you're going to remember. And you never know. Life is strange, Ballsy. I, I never thought that I'd, uh, you know, be working for the Riders full-time at this point in my career. And he, things happen in life, and they come about. Uh, I think things happen when they're supposed to. And you never know. There might be a time where maybe somebody goes to World Juniors or under 18. They say, hey, you know what, you know, you guys are done, and it's uh, December. You might come back on the bench for for a couple of weeks. So I might uh, I might not be totally done over there. You never know what life holds for you. Man, that's a great way to end it off. Can't wait to see you at training camp and on the road. We'll, uh, we'll maybe break some bread on the road. I look forward to it, Ballsy. Take care. Thanks. That's Greg Mayer joining us, our athletic therapist now from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, wrapping up a kind of mostly wrapping up a stellar hockey career. When we come back, we'll be joined by another Rough Rider, the special teams coordinator, Kent Majuri. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the show. It's a good one once again. Loving the show as we do on every Monday. Brought to you by Andrew Sherrod Limited. Providing plumbing, HVAC, and irrigation supplies across Western Canada since 1982. Learn more at Sherrod.com. Our text line's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. That number's 936-6262. I butchered the end of the Pats Red Your Rebels broadcast when I thought it was Tanner Halvitt's score. Don't show me those eyes, those disappointing eyes, just glaring daggers at me. I butchered the end of the game. I thought it was Howe, but he went to the bench and sues the left, scored brutal. the goal. Yeah, it was just brutal. brutal. It was very Jim Houston, Elliot Friedman-like. <laughs> uh, those, if those two great broadcasts can make a mistake on national TV. I can do it regionally with access now, though I'm not proud of it. Ruined what I thought was... It went from an 8.5 out of 10 broadcast or an 8 to a 6. Just don't worry about it. It's okay. You did a good job. I heard the Zinger, first Zinger, when, when you hit the wrong button, you get mad for like three days. I so don't, Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was asking you at 936-6262, uh, a time when... You were embarrassed or in an embarrassing situation. I got this one from Christine. Christine says, um, my sister was a waitress in Calgary and she's taking drink orders from a group of Americans. They each ordered a glass of red wine. She suggested they choose a leader instead. They spoke among themselves, and one man put up his hand and said, okay, I'll be the leader. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> leader. L-I-T-R-E, not leader. Hey, let's <laughs> let's get to this right here. This is the Craig Dickinson Show, our weekly chat with the writer's bench boss about the latest news from the locker room. It's the only place where Dickie takes questions from Rider Nation. Ah, uh, yes, but it won't be... Won't be our buddy uh, Craig Dickinson today. It's going to be Kent Majeri. He's the special teams coordinator for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, thanks for joining us, Kent, as he comes to us on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you today, man? 
Doing great. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, our leader, uh, like, are you a metric guy or are you uh, like a pounds kind of guy? You know what I mean? The American style of oh, gallons. Yeah, I'm, I'm pounds. Yeah, I, I'm Canadian my whole life, but I am kind of like I went and got I went and got weighed today at the doctor's office. I was. I think six seventy six kilos, which is a. I said, can you put it into terminology? I understand, and he said one hundred and sixty seven pounds of twisted steel and fa- twisted steel and fading sex appeal. Uh, Kent, uh, Kent, uh, the, do you remember a time when you were embarrassed? We were talking about that. Any time you remember where you were embarrassed? Oh, that's all the time. That's all the time for me. <laughs> I uh, hell, just last week I'm at the grocery store and I. I'm in a big rush because we got baseball going on, and my you know my kids are doing all kinds of sports. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, going to get burgers and you know food to throw on the grill. I pay. I take two of the bags. I leave two behind. Go to the house. Fire up the grill. I got no food. It's Chinese food for us that night. So, oh, yeah, that, that happens to me weekly. Oh my God! Uh, how old are your kids, Kent? Uh, I got a nine-year-old boy, a eight-year-old girl, and another five-year-old son. Wow! And they're all in activities. What are they playing? What are they playing, Kent? Yeah, I'm actually at my son's baseball practice right now. So uh, the two boys are are playing uh, baseball. My daughter does gymnastics, and she does some horseback stuff. Okay, where do you spend your off season, Kent? I'm just south of Daytona Beach, Florida. Oh my gosh! <laughs> After hearing that weather report, that's not too that's not too bad. Uh, does your family come up with you during the season or no? Yep. They do. They spend half the year up there, and they go to Harbor Landing School, and then uh, when the semester's over, right before Christmas, we come down to Florida, and so we're we're halftime there, halftime here. Wow, how's that? How's that for juggling the situation? I mean, it gets a little bit trickier now that they're getting a little bit older. With but for the most part, like the school curriculum has been good, and you know, um, you know, with sports and stuff, it's been great. They have good friends, so I, I really enjoy. It. I think it's good for them. We probably won't do it for forever, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now they, they seem to enjoy it, and so do we. So your oldest boy or maybe your girl, they haven't uh, looked at getting into hockey since they're here for half the year when the hockey yeah. season fires oh, up? Yeah, my son. We we started, um, we would look when he was like five to sign him up, and uh, they said, yeah, this is an intro to skating. Well, hell, he's never been on ice. He's never seen the ice. So we we're like, oh, we better wait. And then this year, right before we left, um, he really, you know, he got on a pair of ice skates and he's hooked. So we got him some some roller blades and some sticks for Christmas. So he's been he's ready for for next year. We're gonna give him a shot. This is awesome. Uh, Kent Majuri, special teams coordinator, in subbing in for Craig Dickinson, the Craig Dickinson Show, which I should say on a weekly basis is brought to you by our good friends over there at McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougal Auctions. From your perspective, how do you find, now this is a loaded question, Kent, but how do you find Coach Dickey as the head coach? How do you find him? Oh, I love him. I think he's, well, first off, he's he's the best teacher I've ever been around in any sport or anything like that. There's a reason he had so much success. Um, You know, he really is. He's got, you know, his parents were teachers, but he's, um, so in that that part of it, you know, I haven't been around anybody better. Um, and he's detailed, and he lets the coaches coach. You know, if you have an idea, you're not scared to bring it up, and he's not going to tear you up. And the other thing that people don't realize about him is, like, he doesn't let bullshit, you know, yep. stuff just linger around. If there's stuff that he – and he 
I mean, he'll call you out on it right away if he doesn't like it and he wants it fixed. So, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because the narrative, my grandpa always said this, Kent, I've said it many times in the show, perception's everything and facts are negotiable. So it's good to get some facts in here because there's a, there's a perception that he's in over his skis, he's not head coaching material in some respects, uh, the, the, the team ran roughshod over him last year. So you can clear that up if you want. Oh, yeah, there's no way. I mean, you ask anybody who's worked with him or any of the coaches around the league, they know they all... Just because he's such a, you know, comes out to be a nice guy and soft-spoken, he's when um, when he sees something that he doesn't like, you know, he'll let you know about it right away. And I think he's the best game manager that that I've been around as well. And situational football, he's, you know, I think he's head and shoulders above most. So his job when Jonesy was here, Chris Jones, was to kind of be beside him all the time. He'd be up and down the sidelines with him. He'd be in his ear, a lot of clock management, timeouts, that type of thing. Do you take some of that responsibility here, Kent? I do. Yes, sir. So talk about that and how you guys got to be in lockstep together, both of you guys. You're kind of like his right arm in some cases. Yeah, well, I think... You know, a special teams coach, part of our responsibility is, is to understand the situational football aspect of it. There's so many different rules. And, you know, sometimes the offense or defensive coaches and players, they get emotional. You know, it's a play and they want to challenge something, for example. And we look at each other and we look at the, you know, all right, how much, what's the situation in the game? How much time do we have a chance even of getting it? So I just try to, you know, lend any kind of advice like that for challenges and then you know situational football that we've talked about you know early in the week hey it's uh third and short in this situation we talked about going for it a few more times this game just a friendly reminder of something like that why do you think can't or uh, kelly jeffrey will be a good offensive coordinator perception is again Kent, that uh, ah, he's about their fifth or sixth choice. Uh, once again, perceptions, everything, facts are negotiable. I think if you looked at yeah. his resume and didn't put a name up against the resume and showed it to a lot of people and fans and say, wow, that's a pretty well-traveled guy. He's been in CFL rooms. Yeah. He's been NCAA. Why is he going to be a good OC? Well, I think it comes back to teaching. Like he's a, Look at his room this year. I mean, um, that running back room was outstanding. You know, and with the injuries and the next man up, and and those guys produced. And I think he, like I said, he's a great teacher. He's a great person. Uh, he's got a really, really good football mind. So I'm excited to see, you know, the offense and how different it's going to be because he, he's going to put his own spin on it. And uh, you know, he's had success running offenses, and um, you know, I think he's a really good personnel guy too. So I'm I'm excited to see what it looks like. All right, we're going to keep you around because we keep Coach Dickey for two. You're Coach Dickey today, so you got to hang on the phone for me. Kay will be right back. You can watch a little bit more yes, of your sir. kids' baseball practice. This is Kent Majuri, special team. <laughs> okay, good. This is the uh, special teams coordinator of the Saskatchewan Roughriders, Kent Majuri, watching his kids' baseball practice in Florida, the son of a gun. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Shows flying by. This is the uh, Craig Dickinson Show with special guest Kent Majuri stepping in for his coach. You stepped in last year for a bit to take some interviews. Uh, did you like being the head coach for interviews that day? Well, I don't mind as long as we're winning. I'm good at the interviews. <laughs> but it's, uh... If we're losing, no thanks. 
Hey, what's your end game? Like, what do you want to do, man? Do you want to be a head coach of a CFL team? Do you want to get back eventually? American College, like, what's your end game? Well, man, after seeing all this talk about the Montreal uh, team, I wouldn't mind owning a CFL team because that means I hit the Powerball. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I would like to be a head coach eventually, Um, you know, but right now quality of life is so important for me. You know, I want to be around good people, um, a place that winning is important and a place that we can win a championship. And, um, you know, that's, that's the most important thing for me right now. In your opinion, have you, have you just described Saskatchewan? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. What, what's your family like about our, uh, our town and our area? Well, they love it. You know, we're, you know, we're not like uh, big city people like Toronto, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's perfect size for us. And, you know, growing up in Florida, you know, coaching college football, like football is important and it, it has that same field, has that big time uh, feel there, you know, where football is important. They know who you are. The games are exciting and electric. So they love that aspect of it. And, and so do I. You know, I love the fact that you got to do something with our ball on every play in the game. Like, you can't, there's no fair catches. Most of the balls are in play. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the special teams really took a turn when we got uh, Mario Alford. Just talk about him, the uh, special teams player of the year in the CFL. Oh, man, he's special. Uh, I mean, he can score anytime he touches it. And I think as people, you know, start to see, they started playing the teams, you know, our opponents would would play a little bit different. You know, they're trying to spray it away from him, some teams, just to try to limit, you know, limit his da- the damage he can do. But uh, he's fun to coach. Man, he, he made me a much better special teams coordinator since we got him. <laughs> and uh, and the players see it too, though. When they know, like, hey, we're out here, we can, this is a game-changing opportunity. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to win my matchup. I'm going to work my tail off to have great technique, win my matchup to give this guy a chance to go score. You see that Bain Jr. guy getting some opportunities that touches with you in the return game? I, I'll tell you what, yeah. Kent, I know, sure Kent, I know uh, it's a limited roster, but I'm not going to lie to you. As the voice of the team, I questioned on a few occasions, why do we have Hickson and or Morrill back there returning kicks when there are lead dogs in the backfield? Uh, well, it's as an off-returner, I want a guy who's physical um, and for roster management as well, like mm-hmm. Frankie. You know, he's he's getting some carries, not as many as maybe J-Mo, but he was also a really, really elite teamer for us. He was awesome on kickoff. He blocked the punt for us. Mm-hmm. I just like that skill, uh, that running back skill position, I think. Uh, and they're typically the best ball handlers you have. Yeah. But I really don't discriminate. You know, when we had Luchez Purifoy, as long as we got a guy who can catch it for one and then has the, has the courage and the speed, uh, and really those instincts to go get it. I, I don't care what position they play, but being a, a running back, especially if he can, you know, get that extra roster spot to, to help, mm-hmm. I think it does help, you know, at least for the off-returner spot on kickoff. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, uh, Purifoy. It takes some talent to be a halfback in this league or one of those, you know, uh, Sam linebackers and then go back and return a kick. I don't think people really realize. Oh, yeah, he's he's special. There's a few guys like him that are just – they're just different. They're just football players. You know, like you can you can put them at receiver and you can play receiver. You, can, you know, they're just uh, pretty amazing athletes. Back to a Bain Jr., just a comment on him coming over from Calgary. Yeah, I think, um, you know, losing Swerve, I think, you know, that's that's a perfect spot. When we went two returners, Swerve would go out there. I think Bain's going to be that, that type of guy. And, um, you know, he's going to get a lot of touches because people will kick away from 
from Mario, and I'm excited to see him. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think he's a special talent. He's he's a really good guy to talk to. I'm, I know he's a, a good worker, and you know, I think um, I think he's going to get his crack this year. Now, I know why, in my opinion, a special teams coach makes a great head coach. Why do you think? More like, as I would assume, <laughs> you're a special teams guy. That more special teams guys should get considered for a head coaching job. Why do you think that should be? I know why I think it should be, but why do you think it should be? Yeah, uh, I think that you know we get to coach the entire team. You know, and the, the offense coordinator, defensive coordinator, they coach their side of the ball, and we get to coach every position group, even the O lineman on you know field goal and the quarterbacks for holding and the. Well, even the stars, you know, your your best receivers who don't typically play the core four ones, but they're, you know, they're on the hands team or, you know, stuff like that. So I think being able to coach the whole team um, helps and also managing the roster. I think that that's a tough, tough thing. And I think the special teams guys, um, they do. We have a lot of input on the game day roster, especially that bottom third of it. And then, uh, you know, like we touched on before, just the situational football Knowing the rules, knowing you know it's three phase football, we try to take some of the emotion out of it. But I think that's why uh, special teams guys should get a should get a crack. And are typically, I mean, you see it in our league. We've got a you know we've got a bunch of guys that are, have special teams backgrounds and they've been successful. Yeah, and lastly, uh, Coach Majuri, just talk about that the appreciation for the three down game. Uh, I think it's the best game on the planet. To be quite honest with you. Oh, I do too, and it's. You know, a lot of my family and friends now that I've you know been up there working on seven years now, they've they watch it every time they can, and they just say, when you turn the CFL game on, it's so explosive and fast paced, and then you watch an NFL game or even a college game, and it's like, man, it's just it's slow compared to compared to the CFL, and it's if you're going to be a special teams guy, I mean, there's no better better league to do it than in the CFL because it's it's a special teams league. Yeah, for sure. And uh, 60 seconds or less, last question for you, Coach. Do you, do you have a different feel? I know you're not around the players yet. I know you guys are doing a team bonding thing, Coach told me, with the coaches. But does this year kind of have a different feel? Yeah. Like, what's the feel like around the team here in this off season? I mean, every year it's it's our job to go find players. You know, it's the players' job to not lose their jobs. So, it. I mean, yeah, there's – Nobody puts more pressure on the coaches than the coaches themselves. You know, we all want to go out there and give our guys the best, you know, best opportunity to be put in positions to be successful and win games, you know, and we got to stay healthy and all this other stuff that's out of our control. But right now it's about, you know, acquiring talent and then developing that talent quickly. Hopefully the guys can gel and come together and, and make a run to stink because I think we can. I think we're a lot closer than people think. And, you know, I, I don't mind uh, having the target on us. Kent, I'm glad you uh, stepped in for Coach Dickett. It's nice to talk to you uh, a little bit more than just high on the plane. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the baseball game. You guys have a great day. Thanks. Take care. Kent Majuri, special teams coordinator, live from uh, just south of Daytona Beach in Florida, watching his sons, I guess not game, but uh, baseball practice. I love it. All right, when we come back, Luke Molliner will join us after 5.30. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 532 at the sports ticker. It's for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Some quarterback news in the National Football League today, and none of which includes Aaron Rodgers, so just take a deep breath, okay? Quarterback Derek Carr has signed with the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks, and quarterback Geno Smith have agreed on a three-year 
$105 million deal. That just coming across the, uh, the wire a few moments ago. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Goals on the high slot for Aramba, left side, a shot, he scores! Pat Chat is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Check out their new menu at the CBH at CanadianBrewHouse.com. The Pats took 2-3 on the weekend, beating Winnipeg, beating Red Deer, and losing to Saskatoon yesterday, 5-2. Pats forward Sam Aramba. You just heard the goal call from Dante DiCaria right there. Join the guys after the game to talk about a pretty good weekend. Yeah, it means a lot to us, obviously. Uh, four of six points and uh, against some really good teams means, means a lot so uh, just showing that we can play against those guys and give them a run for their money is uh, big big for our group and we'll keep building off that and uh, continue on Wednesday. I mean just talk about your goal Sam in the second pier which got you guys to leave but eventually you guys did allow four unanswered goals right after that which is just a lot of momentum when you got the leading goal in the second period from you. Yeah I think obviously we built off it a little bit but our third period wasn't good enough for a, a full 60 minutes against a team like that so uh, we gotta we gotta play a full 60 and, and string it together where uh, we were missing 20 there. And were you happy with I guess how you were able to score your ninth of the season is obviously huge credit to Stanislas Folzel. He's he's been absolutely un- outstanding with the passes he's made. But for you to get that goal has got to feel pretty good, no? Yeah, lots of credit to him. He just put it right on my stick, and uh, all I had to do was kind of put it in the back of the net. So uh, it feels good, that's for sure. One that's a little bit further out from the net, but they all uh, count the same, and we'll take it. And Ken Schneider said that you're really coming on as of late for this Pats team. In fact, you've picked up a total of 10 points over your last 14 games. That's since uh, the end of January in which you guys lost 6-5 in Red Deer. That was when you scored that backhand goal from the left circle. Do you really think that you have turned the corner ever since that date? Obviously, the numbers kind of speak for themselves, right? Yeah, I think I've stepped up quite a bit. Uh, I think I've built my game a lot since, like you said, in January. But uh, there's definitely lots to to build from from here on. Um, and we got to continue winning here. So uh, that's the biggest part right now for our team. And that's kind of all I'm worried about. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. It's a Monday in the Sports Cage brought to you by Andrew Sherrod Limited, and we're wrapping it up in fine style. Our buddy Luke Mullender usually comes in twice a week. Last week we didn't have him in because we were at the Pats game, but he's here back in studio. Color commentator, former Rough Rider great. Now, you were, I was doing um, uh, the Pats uh, play-by-play on Saturday. Yeah. You were at an evening in Greece. Yeah. yeah. Did you go on the dance floor? No. No, I did not. They smash plates. Like, do you have to sign a waiver when you go into that thing? You know what? I, I feel like the woke mob has gotten to the evening in Greece because they had a new way to smash the plates, which was pretty cool. But, like, you couldn't. I wanted to, like, Gronk spike the plates. Yeah, 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 and yeah I remember yeah. Gronk yeah. spiking the plates yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. But this year you had to, like, chop them up. It was pretty cool, though. You know what? And it was a great time, great oh, yeah. fundraiser for uh, hospitals or vagina. So, yeah. and it's good to see everybody. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there was, was like a thousand people there. Christina oh, said it was would, packed. I would say there was more than that. There had to be like 1,500 in the building, man. That, there was a lot nice. of people. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, did you ever score a touchdown? No. Play football in your life? I wondered. Well, like, yeah, you, high school. Yeah. Um, 
You were tight no, end? Yeah, that were you a, tight yeah, end? Michigan State uh, scored a couple in scrimmage games, but never across the goal line in, a, in an actual game. But, uh, yeah, that was my high school. Was my Do you regret never scoring, scoring a pro no, touchdown? No, of course not. No, no, no. no. Do you regret, not regret, do you, do you miss the game? Here's why I bring this yeah. up. So, Phillip Rivers reached out to the Dolphins and 49ers at the end of last year. Snicker if you would, but the 49ers could have won with Phillip Rivers quarterback in that team against the Eagles the in the Dolphins NFC. The Dolphins might have won. Yeah, 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 but he reached out to them. Now listen, dude's got 10 kids at home. He's probably like, I can't handle this. I gotta go back and play. I'd rather yeah. watch Phil. Tom didn't even want to hang out with his two kids. <laughs> yeah, he he Phil, definitely doesn't Phil's want, got Phil 10. Phil definitely doesn't want to yeah, hang Phil's out with all 10. Phil's got 10, yeah. So anyway, um, did you, because he, obviously some of these guys, they, they just, nothing replicates 60,000 fans. Like yeah. I told Rob Bank, you could sell four houses in a day. You yeah. don't have 30,000 people cheering for you. No. Did you miss it at all? No, not one bit. Not one not, bit, eh? Not one iota. There wasn't. As a matter of fact, people ask me that now, and I say, I actually, now I tell them, if I would have known what I know now, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. obviously, yeah. I would have retired after we won in 2007. Why is that? Because we got to the pinnacle amount. We were yeah. there. And, and I could have started where I'm at in life now a lot sooner. So uh, Andrew Harris, who isn't exactly our favorite around here, yeah. but you got to give him kudos. He won a great cup. He's coming back again. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to coach out, out in the where he played his BC uh, FC football. Uh, like, why? You're, you've done it all, man. You- well, some guy, I mean, you know what, though? I, here's the thing. You, you've got to make sure that you don't have any gas left in the tank. And I think that that's where your boy Philip Rivers yeah. is coming from. He might start. He might have started feeling last year like he had some gas left in the tank. Mm. Like, I didn't have any left in the tank, and I knew that, and I was quite fine just walking away and just doing what I needed mm-hmm. to do, right? And the only thing you ever miss is the locker room. That's the only thing I miss. I missed the locker room for probably two or three years. I will admit that. I missed being in a locker room. Because here's the thing. In real life, there's nothing to win. Like, you know, we, we talk about success, and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's got a yacht, and oh, man, he does yeah. a whole winter in yeah. Hawaii, yeah. and yeah. all this stuff, oh, man, you're going to have yeah. a house in New Zealand when you retire, blah, 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 but that's not winning. There's nothing to win. Like, there's nothing to chase. Right, I do some. I I'm so thankful to be part of the Canadian Red Cross team because our volunteers, our staff, they do such good work in the community. But at the end of the day, I'm still not going towards a win. At least in football, you knew, right? You knew that mm-hmm. there was a championship to win. And you know, in terms of, oh yeah, you know, we're all woke this, the, the you know, in this yeah. day and age, and you know, the diversity topic, such a rangy topic. But there's nothing more diverse than a football locker room, right? Where yeah. everybody needs to contribute in some way, shape, or form, and they're all the, you know, they're all types of different. Colors and religions and yep. faiths and beliefs, but it's because you're you're aiming for one championship. That's the that's only what thing I, I had to adjust, adjust to. Is that's what I love in real life. That's what I love about sports the most. Is you bring guys from uh, you know Chicago, uh, Bethune, uh, Black, White, uh, Republican, Democrat, <laughs> Christian, Liberal, atheist. Conservative, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Family and, men, single guys, you, yeah, and you get it, and everybody, every everybody gets it, and everybody everybody locks in, yeah, right. Even if you're selfish, even if you're you're only in it for the stats there's there's points and times where you can't help but lock in to the team to the team goal that's that's what it's football was awesome so um you are uh everybody knows who you are a good looking guy like a denzel washington looking guy you're out with i mean you're mainly looking good because you're next to your beautiful wife mel but you're at an event like that where there are 1500 people i would say if i had five bucks for every time somebody came up to you at that event we could both retire because i just went to an endocrinologist today and the three ladies god bless them one didn't know football but the other two are like you know who that is and they start talking football to me what's the consensus you're hearing from 
from Rider Nation when you're out there. Okay, first of all, it's good that we're we're people are talking about. Yeah. It. The minute the riders are off the off the people's sight line in the yeah. off season, it's you're in trouble. I, I get a this. A lot of people I, are asking. And here I'll let you finish, but I'm okay. There was a window, Grey Cup after Grey Cup, just before the Grey Cup, where everybody was pissed. They were mm. pissed. They hated the riders. Yeah. Now I feel like we've cleansed the palate and everybody's back to loving or excited or feeling positive again see, about the team. See, I don't, I don't, they, the people I talk to haven't gone that far. Okay. People are really excited about the riders' season, but they're really pessimistic in terms of what they expect the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to do um, in 2023, like where they expect them to finish. Like it, it ranges, mm. right? Like, so, uh, but I mean, the, the best thing is everybody's still really engaged, you know, and, and it's nice. Right mm-hmm. when people, hey, you know how you think we're gonna do, blah blah blah. Yeah. What do you think of the moves we've made in the yeah. off season? Because it's still important to people. But yeah, there there there's a little bit of pessimism here mm-hmm. that's attached to this year. And obviously, I think that one of the the especially if if because those seven games, those first seven yeah. games, those are tough games. Yeah. Um, if if you don't come out of the gate, I think one of the narratives is gonna be because because this is definitely everybody talks about the GM, the head coach. And and sometimes the president is lumped in there as well, mm-hmm. right? Where where it's like, oh, they, those guys. It's it's mainly the GM and the head coach where it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. those guys got to worry about their jobs, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. That's what they do talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this: Do you? Th- I I was asking Zinger this off the air. Give me the top three quarterbacks in the CFL. Top three quarterbacks in the CFL: Zach Caleros. Yeah. Zach Caleros. No, no, I'm just, I'm scanning. I'm just I know, making I know. sure that I've, I've got yeah. all my guys. Yeah. Zach Caleros, Bo Levi Mitchell. Yep, that'd be my two. And then I'm going to go with. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Trevor Harris. Yeah, that's yeah. what we said. I'm gonna go with you Trevor make, Harris. You can I was, make a I was gonna, for... I was gonna put. I was gonna put. Um. Uh, um. Masoli. Yeah. In three, but I'm not putting Masoli. So in what do you? Uh, so I got I got Trevor yeah. Harris as the third, but that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Okay. It's Tell not me why. A good, it's not a good thing that the second best quarterback in the league is a guy who lost his job halfway through the year last year. Yeah. And it's not a good thing that we had to think so hard about the third. Yeah. Name the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Right. And probably Justin yeah. Herbert. And I guarantee you that you go and ask any NFL fan and you, they've got an argument for every one of those guys because there's a laundry list of guys. Yeah. Right? They're, I guarantee you that you weren't what you weren't going to do. Even if I asked you the top 15, you weren't going to give me a guy who lost his job halfway through the year. You weren't going to give me a guy who, who was released. You know, Right? Mm-hmm. So so it's not a good thing, but it's a great thing for the Riders. I mean, they got the third best quarterback in the Well, league and right that's now. and there there's what I'm trying to tie in. In terms of optimism, that's why you should be optimistic because we probably, and we're all in agreement, we're all, you're, you, you've You've played, so I'd say you're a brighter football mind, but the rest of us are on the same page. Like, we think he's the third best quarterback, so I mm-hmm. think there is that's an air of optimism right I'm, there. I'm op, uh, one of the reasons I'm more optimistic about bringing in Philip Blake, Peter Godber, yep. and a couple tackles that I think can push for a starting spot right off the bat. That's what I'm intrigued in about right camp. there. The that's, tackles. That's what I'm more. I'm more optimistic because of that. I think Trevor Harris and I'm I don't I keep telling people this and I might end up looking mm-hmm. real bad or I might mm-hmm. end up looking real smart at the end of the year, but I truly think that Kelly Jeffries got something got something yep. planned and I think that he's going to do well as as an OC here. I don't disagree with you. Hey, how much will a year like Logan Bandy had last year when he got thrown into the fire at center, had mm-hmm. to figure that out, help him in the sense that now he comes in as the sixth offensive mm-hmm. lineman, but hey, it was trial by fire, didn't work out 
know, but that's kind of a positive. You you got some meaningful game reps speeding up your development. Yeah, well, and, and so they were the right game reps. Yeah, you're right. You got the game reps. Um, you, but the problem was, is you were part of a of a weak link, mm-hmm. right? Like the yeah. game reps you got. I remember. Do you remember when? Um, do you remember when? Um, Josiah St. John two years ago yeah. got starting reps yeah. but it was the strongest O-line we had we had like Labatt there no this is probably four seasons three yeah. or four seasons Labatt was there right yeah. um, we had Dakota Shepley yeah. Yeah. right our tackles were, were Dece you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. do you remember that yes, St. John looked really good yeah. he looked re- he played really well yeah. and it was right so Bandy was in there but Bandy it wasn't one of those deals where he was surrounded by talent so the great thing about it is he's got some experience and if you're in this day and age, in 2023, 2024, where you think that the starters that you have on paper are going to play all the way through the entire season, I got some oceanfront property right off a of duty to sell you. Yeah. Right. So I think that I think that that is like team depth. If if these guys come out of camp with their ones and twos, yeah. I think that they'll have a chance to compete. But they need depth in a lot of spaces. Like I'm so, for instance, I'm excited about Blake and Godber, but you need to find some guys who can also play. I'm excited that they got Micah Johnson and Anthony Lanier in the yeah. interior on their other side, but you need some depth. Debeer uh, Charbel's got to make his step right. You've got to get depth on this team. Linebacker to... needs some depth too now. Right. So. So that's where now you're going to look in training camp, and that's the best part of the first sort of mm-hmm. ten days that me mm-hmm. and you get to be up there is 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 looking at the guys who are not necessarily the starters because the vets they're going to go through camp. They have a different journey. They have a different schedule during camp. It's it's the guys that are fighting for that second and third string spot that you get in your mind. Oh man, we're going to need that. Well, kid I eventually. like you know I remember sitting up there in Saskatoon on that Saturday when we did the show, which yeah. we're going to do again. And I remember you saying, I don't know if he said it on the air, but you said off the air. I don't have a good feeling here, Ballsy. These guys don't look like they're it wasn't that they weren't into it, but there didn't seem to be that intensity yeah, you needed early on in training yeah, camp. And, and and that was on that wasn't on them either. Remember, I, yeah. I said it, it. That's on Coach Dickinson, and yeah. that's where you're going to have to. And remember, this off season, just like last off season, it wasn't just the team that we talked about. We talked about the coaches needing to make adjustments as well. Coach Dickinson has to, and and I've said this this off season as well. He has to be a different coach in terms of the way he pushes his players this year. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a different generation this 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 generation isn't as accountable for themselves personally as the generation i right like i i yes i i the generation of players that i was around they did the extra without having to be questioned for it mm-hmm. you got to push these guys literally want to come in like five minutes before nine and they want to be the first ones out of the building they'll get their workouts in but their football and being a, a professional athlete is is a lot different they want to be on their live streams they want to game mm-hmm. it up and that's fine we used to get that in too but we still took care of of the most important things and that was you know getting in between the white lines getting our film study done and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's a different you have to push this generation of athlete and coach Dickinson has to do that and has to be from day one this year they have to come out and they have to have a sense of urgency if we lack the sense of urgency in day one it's going to be it's going to be potentially narrative setting all the way through the um the year we're going to take a break and be back to wrap up with Luke Molitor in a moment it's the sports cage for Andrew Shared Limited on 620 CKRM <laughs> 
This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. March 6th, 1964, Elijah Muhammad announced Cassius Clay would be renamed Muhammad Ali. Clay's adoption of this name symbolized his acceptance and new identity as a member of the Nation of Islam. Clay revealed that he was a member of the Nation of Islam after claiming the championship from Sonny Liston in 1964. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Wrapping things up with uh, Luke Molitor. You listen, Zinger hasn't watched it, and you haven't watched it. Shaq O'Neal turns fifty-one uh, today. I'm a Kobe guy. You're a Kobe guy. You got to check out Shaq O'Neal. Like it's just Shaq. I had two two versions of his Reeboks. Like oh, I was a big awesome. Shaq. What He's a bi- such a power. What a businessman. Yeah. And I love the one story. I won't be a spoiler, but the one story because him and Kobe were fighting. Kobe didn't dislike Shaq. He respected him, but he thought you're lazy. You're not coming in to work out. And yeah, he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm the one in the paint getting hack a shack. Yeah, yeah. He goes, you're out there on the wing not getting hit. He goes, I'm taking the summer off. Yeah. And I'm going to, if I got, he goes, he said, if I got hurt on the team's time, then I'm having surgery on the team's time. And Kobe, if you're that good and we're, we got Rick Fox and all these guys, then you know what? You should be in a playoff he position when I come back. Kobe won without him. Shaq he didn't. Did. Right? Oh, Shaq won without him. Shaq well, won with Miami. Dwayne Wade, though. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne Wade well, and the cast and, and, uh, and, and a Shaq bunch of help. Shaq also said that Kobe never let me live it down that he won one more championship than me. Because yeah, he no, won five. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he won twice more. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Luke, Derek Carr signs with the New Orleans Saints, which, okay, that's cool. It's a $150 million deal, 100 guaranteed. Um, listen. Uh, kudos to him. Number one, he wants to win a Super Bowl. Eh, he's not going to do that in New, or- New Orleans. Number two, number two, he had a great tight end, oh. Hunter Renfro, awesome slot receiver. He had arguably the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams. He got Josh Jacobs, who, by the way, just got franchise tagged as a running back, and he lost his job. I mean, come on. Yeah, and I don't want to hear that whole Josh McDaniels fault thing either because, like, as an offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels has been great with guys like Tom Brady with a lot less than he had in Las Vegas. So it's not all on on Josh McDaniels, but uh, all I know is that, and I said this off air, all I know is, is, is if Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. if you replaced, if you put Lamar Jackson and he had the type of season that Carr had, Lamar Jackson would be playing in the XFL with Darnell Sankey yeah. right now, no. right? Yeah. And, and Carr gets a brand new contract and goes, and, and he's got mm-hmm. his reputation. So hopefully, mm-hmm. I hope he plays well, but again, we were talking about Wood Zinger, like, I mean, dude, how much more do you want? They brought in your best friend. He moved into the house next to you. Yeah. Right? Devontae yeah. Adams. And yeah. you couldn't get it done? So yeah. so here's something. Um, <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought because you were so uh, emphatic there with it, with everything going on. I was woke. Did okay. you hear my woke yeah. so statement? So Geno Smith has signed in Seattle for yeah. $100 million, Good three years. Good for him. And kudos to KJ, Kerry Joseph, yeah. for your old teammate, uh, quarterbacks coach. We had him on the show. Kerry Joseph had a big hand in helping Geno Smith out. Kerry Joseph's just whole football journey has been awesome to watch, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, that guy is an athlete, and, and it's so good to see. You know why it's so good? Because it's great to see when the truly good guys succeed. Mm-hmm. Like, 
there's a ton of plaza of honor guys. Yeah. There's guys that, but there's guys that you like scramble to actually be at that ceremony. Mm-hmm. Kerry Joseph, because he was just a great guy, humble and, and true yeah. leader. Yeah. True leader, and 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 you know, and and it's not surprising, man. No. I, and and Gino seems a guy, seems to be a guy that would feed off a guy like Kerry too. So yeah, yeah, you're right. It is great. Hopefully, Gino buys a mistake. Yeah. No. So so here's where I'm going with this. There's a lot of talk about uh, Zinger's boy Aaron Rodgers leaving, and they're talking he could go to the Jets. <sighs> no, but just hear me out. Why would you leave Green Bay? Legacy, you'll be better than Brett Favre because you spent your whole career on one team, okay? Mm-hmm. You, um, and wh- you just asked me who the best quarterbacks in the NFL were. Yeah. I listed you the top three, and they were all from the AFC. The top yeah. four from the AFC. Why would you go to the AFC? Right now in the NFC, you got Jalen Hurts, who he's good, okay. Uh, you got um, uh, Derek Carr. You got Dak Prescott. And who else? There's no, like, yeah, why you can, would you leave? You can be the guy. Yeah, you're at and, 39, you can still be the and, guy. And Green Bay, like, they want you to be the guy. It's not yeah. like Green Bay doesn't want that. I'll tell you, man, that dude that dude does too much shrooms, man. Like, you don't need to go on, <laughs> you don't need to do all this darkness retreat, you know, and, and sit in a sweat lodge for six weeks and, you know, and, and pray, like, to, to, I don't know. I don't know. You know. Like the sun god Helios. I don't know who he was praying to. Yeah. But like you don't need all that, dude. And if you're that enlightened, man, like you, you probably have another mission in life by now. If like you're going mm-hmm. to like darkness retreats, you probably think that like, you know, cars should be run on batteries right yeah. full time, right? Yeah. Like go go. Well, what would you do? Go well, join another. Like go go push for another. Like be a. Be an environmentalist. Be like that. Sort of fits the narrative of dark retreats. And stuff he just like likes that, people right? talking about him. Yeah, There's I think no so, about, man. I don't no think he's. Yeah, I, like. And yeah, guess just, what? People are already talking about you because you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league still. Yeah, too many shrooms, man. That so, guy's off so his what would you do? Four days in darkness. What? What would you do? I wouldn't four do days it. In- I wouldn't do it. You're not seeing me. No, I'm not going at four days in darkness. Like, did you see? Yeah, no, no. I worked too hard my all my life, man. I uh, I worked too hard all my life to have to go well, back to the and situation. It, and you know what? And that, Four days in and darkness. And you know what? That you just raised a good point, and I probably ticked some people off. Listen, I'm talking actual camping. I'm not talking in a trailer because those that's glamping. Okay, that's I do that. Yeah, that's what I want to do. But yeah. I would tell you this: I do not understand why people will work for 48 weeks out of the year to spend four weeks like they're homeless, living in a tent. You know, I was so this. <laughs> I was I was I was in BC. We were we were at an event, and this 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 girl went in on me for like five minutes talking about how much of a minimalist she is, and she was a minimalist, yeah. and that and that you know culturally it's the right thing to do. And after this five minute rant of being a minimalist and and, and probably doing what Aaron Rodgers did, yeah. you know what she did? She 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 took her Louis Vuitton purse and her Jimmy Choo pumps and walked right up out of the first class yeah. VIP door that we were sitting in. Right, like that's our that's our that's that's our generation. Like Aaron Rodgers is going into like a four day darkness retreat. Yeah. And then getting picked up by like a helicopter yeah. with a personal chef who's got like a yeah. steak ready for him. Yeah. Like, come on, man, yeah. you don't you don't do all hey, that. Hey, you know what? The only climate change I'm into is when I take the cover off the air conditioner and turn it on air conditioning. That's the climate change. <laughs> There's people that are doing four day darkness retreats and they don't want to be. Their That's powers hey, off. Hey, it must. <laughs> it, it, they're it not must, eating because they can't afford it. it this must, guy just going and eating granola it, bars and drinking water for the fun of it. What it, an idiot! It must have worked because he had a two wipe dump. He said, "What? He had a two wipe dump." 
Oh, him and yeah, him and him and him and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all the rage, you know. Yeah. What Russell Westbrook now takes a dump on Thursday. That's it. The yeah. rest of the day, he's well. No, uh, yeah, you're right. But actually, don't tell Laker Wait. fans that because he took a dump. For oh, a sorry, year. no, Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. All these millionaires doing this like darkness retreat, and yeah. oh man, I've I've programmed my body to only take one or have one bowel movement every ten days, right? Like all these these millionaires doing it, they can afford to do it. Yeah. They got the staff. They got. Uh, there's people that are doing that right now out of necessity. Yeah. People, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for thanks for your time. We'll see thanks you later in the boys. week. That is Luke Molitor. That'll do it for the show for Andrew Shared Limited. We'll be back with uh, the Sports Cage tomorrow. You're on 620 CKRM. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at SportsCage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.